I just want to bang on the drum. No, um, no, that one's not good. Sorry, my, my brain's not working too well. Um, here's another one. Uh, welcome to the Backlog Breakdown, where we work hard and we play hard. No, that, that one's not good either. Um, something about working nine to five, that, that's probably good. Uh, or, or we're working hard or are we hardly working? Uh, whoa, that that one's really not good. Okay, well, something something weird though. You know, back the, back before I was I was let go from my last position. Um, something weird that was happening at work um, was that I noticed in the you know just in the in the break room there where people started like writing names on their bags of food. It was it was interesting. I I didn't get it, but um, I I just noticed that hey, my sandwich is named Kevin. That's cool. You know, that was fun. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> this is the Backlog Breakdown <laughs> podcast. That, that was, I, I'll tell you what, you get a little bit of a golf clap on oh, that. Thank that, you. that opening thank you. bit was was well done, Frank. <laughs> well, my name is Josh. Uh, you just heard my co-host, Nate. And today we have a special guest with us as well. We've got Mark from the 11 and a half minutes to talk about video games podcast. <laughs> right? Did Hi, I folks. say that right? Did yes, I say you did. that wrong? Okay, nice. Uh, there's... I guess there's not a podcast at the end of it, but mm-hmm. you said it right. From 11. Yeah, All the words are in the title. Yes. 11.5. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. On X. But oh, yeah. anyways, uh, welcome to, to another episode. We are going to be talking about work. We are going to be talking about play. It's not all going to be as cheesy as that that opening was. Um, mm. But before... <laughs> we shall see about that. <laughs> Challenge mm. accepted. Um but as we work our way there to the main topic of the episode, um, we have to. We've got some forms to observe. Uh, you know, it's it's been a few weeks, I guess, since we mm. talked last. A few days, or just an undisclosed amount of time. I I believe last. that the way you meant to say that, Joshua, is it's, it's been. been an undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. That's true. It's been a while. It has been. Mark, it's been a while. It's been an undisclosed amount of time. So how have you That's been, true. good sir? I've Pumping been out those podcast episodes. I love it. Well, thank you. Yes. Having a great time. Um, yeah. I'm coming out of like a pretty busy few weeks mm. and a pretty busy few months. I think things are finally slowing down. So nice. Uh, but yeah, we're doing well. Um, our son Emmett is about to be nine months and he is now mm. crawling around, been crawling mm. for a bit. Um but yeah, it's now it's, you have to keep up with him now. Yeah. But yeah. Overall, doing great. Having a great time. Does he, awesome. like, Byron does this thing that if I put him down, he will just immediately find the one thing that I'm like, do yes. not get into that. And he's like, yep. be like. <laughs> 100%. But it's what I want. Yeah, so y'all yes. sons are like just about the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About yeah. a month, month awesome. and a half, I think, yes. between the two of them. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, our youngest is three, so quite a bit <laughs> off. They can still be but, friends. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go. So long as she doesn't just steamroll them. Um, but yes, <laughs> Nate, I mean, how have you been? Like, listen, B is a fairly substantial individual. Okay. Um, <laughs> Love I, it. I'm not like uh, my dad. So my mom and dad came into town, and actually a lot of my family. My, my sister actually just came into town today. My mom and dad came in yesterday. Nice. Uh, because on Monday, um, actually, the Monday of the week that this will drop. Mm-hmm. So if this drops on Wednesday. September the 25th. September 25th. Uh, my son will, in the eyes of the law, officially become a, a McKeever. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, we're we're pretty stoked. Um, 
Very and nice. so two of my siblings, my, my sister, uh, Kirsty and her husband, and they, he is active duty army and he okay. is stationed at West Point. And just okay. for them to get the time off and everything else, it was just like, it, it that lifestyle it can just be pretty difficult yeah but, uh, sure. my brother deuce and his family and then my sister danae they're all coming in and then like uh <laughs> so yeah it's it's gonna we're gonna do a big to do um yeah it's, it is nice. pretty exciting it's like a little kind of unreal because it is kind of like it's a finish line of sorts right mm-hmm. but it's also like the beginning of something much grander like For sure yeah. And so, um, but anyways, going back to it, it's like my dad was holding him. He's like, he is uh, dense. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I get what you're saying, dad. Cause like, he's like 22 pounds and he just, cool. he's just like a solid little like mm-hmm. machine. Um, yeah. Just yeah. Lo- like we were putting him down and he's talking a lot more. He's like vocalizing a lot more. Ah. Um, the other day I came in and he was doing, and now he wasn't saying dada. He wasn't saying daddy. Okay. It was like that da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like kind of mm-hmm. like. Um, That's awesome. He was like, but yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're ready to sort of be there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just going to, I have, nice. I took today off. I have Monday off and Tuesday's my scheduled day. So okay. uh, just, yeah, we're kind of, uh, it's kind of ready to to be across the line. Yeah. 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 So you, Josh, um, it has also been an undisclosed amount of time since I talked to you. And mm-hmm. you've had some fairly interesting, like last week, uh, you mm-hmm. were out of town. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. It has been, I don't want to spend a lot of time. And so I'm just going to do a flyover. If anyone wants to, you know, discuss details, I'm happy to do that. Maybe it'll even be part of the bro hang, but, uh, I feel like if I stop and, and give details, then it's going to be 20 minutes of conversation. Um, but yeah, so, so last weekend was the candidating weekend for us at a church. Um, I led worship at a church in Iowa, which is 900 miles away from Austin, Texas. Um, (laughs) And, and it was great. It was great. Um, our kids loved it. The time that we were there, um, you know, the fact that it was 70 degrees outside was, uh, was probably played a part uh, in that. (laughs) Uh, we went to some parks around town, which is great. Um, you know, spent time with some of the elders and, and the congregation and yeah, we, we just had a great time. Um, so expecting good things actually, as of this recording on a Saturday night, we will know tomorrow. Uh, well, tomorrow <gasps> oh, wow. is the congregational vote to see if they will extend me an offer. So um, we'll know tomorrow wow. whether or yeah. not uh, the next stage of our life, the next season of our life will still be in Austin, Texas, or whether it's going to be in uh, Iowa. So so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. And then, um, again, just a flyover of things. Uh, when my brother-in-law was coming to pick us up from the airport, when our flight was delayed a couple hours, he was picking us up from the, or he was driving to pick us up from the airport in our car and the car broke down. Um, and then mm. turns out it, it, after all that, that debacle, we, we got it towed to a garage and turns out the engine is done. It's just shot. Um, and mm. it's an issue with these, with these cars in particular, um, that could possibly be diagnosed, but because it's a fairly common issue, their engine diagnostic will not be available at any of the dealerships here in town for another two months. Oh. Um, and so even if it is determined that it's covered under a recall warranty, 
then it'll probably be another month or two on top of that to get in, uh, you know, the engine and have it installed. And uh, during a move across the country, that, that we can't do that. So uh, that car is now salvaged, which is super fun. So that's been the like whiplash of just like <laughs> spending this amazing weekend uh, with over. And and I mean, we were treated so so good. Um, while we were there and, uh, so again, expecting, expecting good things, but then coming back and it's just like, oh, okay. Our family car is just dead. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. Wow. Um, so, but, but spirits are, spirits are, are up, you know, it's, it was, it's super weird and it's like, okay, this is kind of the worst time for this to happen, but okay. Okay. We'll just, and I say it's the worst, you know what, if we do end up moving, maybe we needed a better vehicle for the snow mm, <laughs> that's going to be yeah. coming, you know, in the next <laughs> few months, maybe, you know, yeah. some, something like that. So it, we're fine, but it's just the logistics too of like, okay, if we're going to get another car, well, if we're moving, it's going to, you, you know, we're going to be selling a house or going to be buying a house. And so just all the, and I currently don't have a job, so we're living off of savings right now. So then it's just like, okay, where in there is the best time to do, you know, so. Apparently there's a, there's a automaker strike too. So that's super fun. But anyways, uh, mm. that's, that's been my two weeks. Uh, yeah. so yeah. it's felt like, you know, it's been an undisclosed amount of time, but it's felt like it's, it has not been very long because it's just kind of go, go, go just all re- kinds of crazy. You know, that, that so. whole, that adage time flies when you're having fun. Uh, <laughs> it's malarkey. It is total, um, malarkey. Total, total malarkey, just mm-hmm. nonsense. Because what I found is that time just moves on at the same determined pace that it, it just, it just, <laughs> time flies. Time flies, <laughs> That's period. It. it just moves. <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't care if you're having fun or not. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a lot of times I'm panicking and like life just is like, feels like it's falling, to, like my life feels like it's falling down around my ears and it's still just ripping past me at a furious pace. <laughs> Um, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. So now Josh, so you mentioned mm. that we have forms and we should probably be moving along to the next form, but I, like it. I actually have a bit of not, not a major change, but okay. you know what I thought would be kind of nice is if what we, you know, and cause normally I'm, uh, I'm of course referencing the backlog report. Mm-hmm. Normally what we do is then like, you know, our guest will go and then you'll go and then I'll go. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, but we have like several segments. What I think it would be nice because I was I was thinking about this when we did our Final Fantasy two D sort of uh, thing, and I was like, mm-hmm. it it is kind of nice to just sort of have everybody like talk a little bit and then kind of. So what I was thinking mm-hmm. is that we could just we could start with uh, well books, and okay. we could each talk a little bit about what we've been reading. Then we can move on to TV, film, uh, and then any games. I, that's, I don't I like know. It. Is that does is that is that too much? Am I sort of like I know I'm throwing you a bit of a curveball. Like I I yeah, hope I you can, can like you know how structured we are on this podcast. <laughs> yes. I don't like deviating <laughs> from that structure. <laughs> I know way too many instructions. <laughs> just, I lost track. But I just thought it would be like sort of a nice break in the like uh, sort of just a nice change up. Um, I like it. I like so, it. Well, let me uh, get out. Of Did, also, did you just destroy your backlog report? How I, dare I you, sir? I might need a little bit of tape. Also, I was just playing a F-099, and mm. I think the backlog report music plays. 
Um, <laughs> so I got a text from someone, a text from Logan Sharp today, and um, or not today, um, within the last couple of days, he was like, I was playing F-099. I just realized that um, the backlog report music is uh, F-Zero music. And I was like, it absolutely is. And yes. that's all Josh. Yes. Um, 100%. They learned. Oh man, I still haven't played F Zero ninety nine, but that's yes, yeah. It's it's Super Nintendo F Zero is where I pulled that from because it sounds like something that would be in one yeah. of those you know like news roundup things, but it's when you're choosing your vehicle on the Super Nintendo one. Um, oh yeah. man, it's just the, the main Anyways. menu music on F Zero ninety nine. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we we were That's outed. Awesome. We were outed by Nintendo. Nintendo's just Mr. like Mr. Nintendo himself. <laughs> he was like, "You thought you could get away with this?" <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, okay, so you said books first. So, Mark, have you been reading anything? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> but cool. I'm going to break the rule a little bit. Um, I want to talk about an album that came out. Ooh. Um, by a guy named Petey, and that's it, P-E-T-E-Y, that's okay. the name. Um, full disclosure, there's a lot of language. It's not like incessant, but there's some fruity language. Um, okay. And But what I've been loving about this album, and I've listened to this guy, is this is his second album, so he has one that came out a few years ago. Um, music is just great, but he is, from, all, from what I know, he's not a believer, but like he is perfect like uh like middle class american male millennial angst music okay. um like he's phoebe bridgers for dudes um but <laughs> he just like is so honest and kind of his like he's really searching for purpose and meaning mm. in life and is like very upfront about that but he's also just his lyrics are often like very plain spoken and kind of goofy so it's mm-hmm. kind of this dichotomy of like he's really like introspective and searching for meaning, but he also deflects of humor. But he also kind of like knows he's deflecting of humor. Um, so it just makes for some really like interesting lyrics, and there's just a lot of like, yeah. This new album in particular is he really digs into that, and I've been really enjoying it. it came out just this past Friday. It's USA by Petey. Nice, nice. Hmm. I'll need to check that out. Yeah, that sounds I I am not as big a music listener as I used to be. Um sure. in fact, um I forgot to mention this, but the the Dropkick Murphys, which is like one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. bands going back since high school, they're actually playing in Johnstown at the Ooh, end of October. Oh, nice. Um and so I got tickets. It's them and the interrupters. And I got two tickets for me and a there are several people like my my the other deacon from church, I asked him right off the rip mm-hmm. and he, he thinks he might already have a ticket from someone else. So oh. and I hate to be, but so like I have some alternates cause he's also like, he was actually in like a punk rock basement band kind of thing. Nice. Um, so, I like him already. Yeah, dude. Uh, Jeremy does not listen to this, but he's an absolute stand up dude. Um, mm. Like one of my, <laughs> but, but yeah, nice. no, uh, but yeah, I've kind of That's been in be that awesome. itch. Like that, that yeah. I'm like, I, I forgot how much I did like music. Like that sounds like really dumb, but it's like so much of my listening is like audio books or like mm-hmm, lectures or sermons or whatever. I'm like, oh, like, yeah, like music is a, a buddy of mine. He does music and I actually, he's got a new song that just released and I've been meaning to listen to that. So, but yeah. Nice. Anyways. Nice. 
So oh, that's nice. awesome. That's awesome. I love it. Nate, what have you been, uh, th- since you've been listening to, to Isid books, audio books, what have you been listening to? What have you been reading? Um, so two, uh, well, one is a series. So there was that movie Fletch with, uh, Chevy Chase years ago. Yeah. It's based on, uh, a character that is basically an investigative reporter. Um, and okay. they're these the sort of like, but they're like basically detective novels and they're kind of, I don't know. They're fun. They're kind of like little tongue in cheeky kind of anti-establishment. They're, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, by George McDonald. Uh, is it George McDonald? Let me just, Gregory McDonald. George McDonald is somebody else. By yeah. Gregory <laughs> McDonald. They're fun. Um, I'm like, I like mysteries, especially when they're kind of like smart and these are snappy. They, they've got some like clever one-liners in it. That It's not like high pros or anything, but they're fun. Um, and so I've been listening to a lot of those. Uh, and then uh, in addition to that, I did listen to the Happy Rant book. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. It was kind of a best of the Happy Rant. Mm-hmm. And I, I, w- what I really kind of appreciated about it is that um, it was the way that it was written uh, is that each each guy read their section. Um, so it was like they were kind of having a conversation. It was a little more scripted yeah. than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some really interesting topics covered in it. And it's like, I, the happy rant was always sort of like off and on for me. Um, yeah, sure. Like I really like Ted clock and I really like Ronnie and sometimes Bonner Piper. I'm a little eh, on, mm-hmm. you know, um, even, and it's probably cause I'm, like Barnabas and I are probably actually really similar. And that's probably where I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't need to be listening to somebody like me. Um, but, uh, um, but I, I had, I did, I did just really enjoy it. Um, it was interesting that there was some really like fun. It's just, it was really that, that, that whole top, like the whole sort of like, thing with happy rant was like talking deeply about things that don't matter that much kind of Mm. deal and but it's i don't know i just appreciate like the 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 sort of like the humor that they strike and how they don't like there's just a it was it's an actually a really fun little book that kind of at times punches above its weight class okay um like it's it's not bad there's Actually, one chapter in particular, and I can't remember, I, I want to say it was like chapter six or seven. I remember listening to it and just being like absolutely kind of like, like, like there was like some, like I had to pause and like actually process what I was <laughs> listening to. Um, cause it was like, I was like, there were some really good thoughts in it. So nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely like sort of like, I recommend both of them. Like Fletch, the one thing I will say about the Fletch books is uh it's very sort of like uh he just has sex with like tons of different women um mm-hmm. he's like he's kind of like a like a no shoes wearing kind of james bondy kind of james bond without all the self importance and like okay. a better <laughs> sense of humor um is like mm-hmm. what i would describe fletch as it's they're fun and it's not like graphic but it's like it talks about like you know he just shacks up with a chick here or there. Yeah. Like, so anyways, yeah. Gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Cool. So well, you, I Josh, you are. 
Yeah, I I didn't realize the happy rant were uh, were, uh, were hanging up the uh, according to the to the website hanging up the microphones. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. That As of actually, tomorrow, <laughs> yeah, uh, Josh uh, Loftus mm-hmm. and Ted Cluck have the the Cluck cast. That's right, and that got spilled on one of their episodes. Um, uh. So it was like it was like. I think like they recorded their episode and they talked about it mm-hmm. and it released before the episode where the dudes from the happy rant actually said like, Oh yeah, we're, oh, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> I don't think it matters to any yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think That's they crazy. just, it sort of ran their course and mm-hmm. it's, and I know that like, I don't want to rabbit trail, but what is kind of so interesting to me about that is that it was a podcast started by Stephen Altrogi. Right. Yeah, with, that's right. <laughs> with Ted and I think Ronnie. Mm-hmm. And then it sort of, or no, I think it was with Ted and Barnabas. Okay. Basically, these three dudes, and then Steven just dipped out. Like, mm-hmm. after, like within the first year, he was just like, ah, eh, and, but like Ted and Ronnie and Pipes just kept doing it. And, yeah, you know, it was fun. It was like, like, like I said, you know, I didn't always, you know, listen. I didn't listen with regularity, but I did enjoy right. the content. Right. So. Yeah. Obviously, me neither. Neither because I I didn't know that until until just now. Um, but the other cool thing is is Ronnie is a pastor in the EFCA, which is kind of cool. Oh, and, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know that he was in the EFCA. Mm-hmm. I well, you know what? I think he might have Ohio. mentioned it in in the yeah. yeah he I I did know he's in Ohio. Um. But anyways, anyways, uh, yeah, neither here nor there. Just, just interesting stuff. Um, the, the stuff that I've been reading, among other things, uh, the, the two books that I listened to are by a pastor named Brian Croft. I had uh, someone had recommended I read another like short book by him, and I kind of just went down a rabbit hole of stuff that he's done um, and ministries that he's been a part of. And these two books were were great little like overview things. These two books are called um, the the pastor's ministry and the pastor's family, and so it's really just focusing on you know what what pastors ought to be focused on in those areas of life and well ministry, obviously. So uh, so those are really good. They're really good, you know, just to hear from another pastor some some pointers and and yeah, just kind of where main focus ought to be. Um, so those, those were good listens. I, I don't know that I have too much to say on it, except that, yeah, I definitely recommend them if you're, nice. <laughs> if you're looking towards the pastorate. So, um, good stuff. So you, you said nice. next after books, where did you Let's move go on the TV and film TV. Okay. All and right. So Mark, what have you been watching here lately? Yes. Um, so <clears throat> I have been chipping away at a YouTube documentary okay. uh, called Psych Odyssey, <gasps> which is... Oh, I know what that's about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, a, like, it's a very long... Basically, it's a television series they made on the making of Psychonauts 2. Um, uh, and it's just like the five years with Double Fine making this game. Um, and it's really fascinating. It's like a really cool look into game development as... A documentary it's like not mind-blowing like it's it's fine like it works well it's kind of more of like if you're interested in game development and want to see kind of like the behind the scenes stuff 
it's really interesting for that. Um, and I've just been kind of slowly chipping away at it. It's like 30 plus different episodes of it. And the episodes are anywhere between like 25 minutes to an hour. Um, yeah, it just follows making of psychonauts too. And just, it's really interesting to see the conversations that happen between like Tim Schaefer being like the writing team and then Mm -hmm. over to the producers who are like design the level and then like programming will speak into it, speak into it and be like, we can't do that. And so it's like this, it often gets like where people get really frustrated at each other and just all very like pretty mundane office culture, like office disagreements and like things work out, things are in conflict. Um, and at the whole time they're making a video game and <laughs> someone's making a documentary about it. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's really interesting to see if you're, especially if you're at all interested in uh, game development. Nice. Yeah, that's that's and one that's on kind of been on my radar. Like I've been like, I've been meaning to watch it because one, I'm a fan of Double Fine as a general rule. Yeah. Um, and Psychonauts 2 is like, it's one of the reasons like that I'll probably at some point in time uh, plonk down for another like month or two of, of Game Pass Ultimate is... Mm just so I can play through sure. that game. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think what what's sort of interesting about that and what I'm kind of looking for is like to see the, the sort of like the mundane nature of just sort of how the, these things yeah. get made, because I think it's really easy to sit on the outside as, as a fan and just think it's all mm-hmm. like, like kind of like magic and just a chaos factory kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's probably just, you know, a lot of just like hard work and people come in and just grind it out uh, at times. And so, yeah, yeah. that's, that's really, man, thanks for reminding me that that thing exists. Yeah. And I've, I've been meaning to watch it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. As far as things that I've been watching, uh, Mark, if, if you don't have anything else. No, that's it. Okay. Keep going. Uh, so I mentioned one piece, um, you know, I think in a, in a, earlier conversation with you two and I've been watching the animated series again, but my wife Mm -hmm. and I actually started the Netflix live action. Yeah. And we watched like the first episode Mm -hmm. and it, so if you've ever asked yourself the question, what would one piece look like if they cut out a lot, like the weird fluff and they just like really like had like a much better, like narrative direction. um, It's really good. Like yeah. I uh, like that first episode is way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Like, yeah, it covers a lot of material and it does it in a way that's very like honest and like, like sticks to the source material. Doesn't skip out anything like really important. Th- there are some changes. There are some like narrative, sure. like shifts. Um, Nami is introduced much, much earlier. But it's like, okay. I was like, um, yeah, like <laughs> we're yep. like the, the weirdest part was like, you know, there's some like unexplained stuff, but then they double back and they say like, oh, this is like, you know, they talk about like the devil fruits and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay. Okay. Like I'm, I'm there for, like, I'm, I'm interested. We're going to watch the first season together, I think. In yeah. addition to that, and Josh, I know that you've kind of been watching it as well. Only Murders, mm-hmm. the new yes. season. Yeah. Um, we, I'm there too. 
we nice. were caught up to it um like the 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 other week um mm-hmm. and it's i don't know it's it's fun like y- you know and and josh i know that you and i have had conversations about like the casting of course like martin yeah. short and steve martin they're treasures yes it's like that's just like that is what it is and Selena Gomez is kind of like a weird one, but she has these moments where, and when I really, and, and part of it too is like when uh, Short and Martin are talking about her, um, her character, it, it, this is within the context of the show. And they basically describe her as a 70 year old woman. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh no, that's exactly like, like I was like, that is like, she's just a fish out of water. Kind of like, she's this young kind of hip girl at the same time. She's like this, she's basically a 70 year old shut in. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, her character kind of like makes a lot more sense to me where it's like her only two real friends are these two old shut ins. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, nope, nope. I kind of get it now. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, why don't you sort of? I, I know I might have stolen a little bit of your thunder. Why don't you tell us about no, what you've no. been watching here lately, Fred? Yeah, no, that's fine. But because I've I've been watching the same th- those two, um, so I'm three episodes I think into One Piece, and yeah, really like like I would say it's it's up there with like Roroni Kenshin in terms of the anime or manga anime to live action transition. Um, whereas Roni Kenshin, like it, it, because they're movies, they're not a series like this is, it has to cut out a lot and you don't get very much character development where they really focus on the characters in one piece. And it's just really like, you know, I was thinking about it in something about it, um, is that you just feel good watching the show. Mm-hmm. It's wacky mm-hmm. and zany and still like, but the, the core of the characters though are not so out in outer space insane that you can't like feel for them or relate like no there's there's a core there's a real heart to it um and and it's just very positive feeling yeah you know you're rooting for the good guys and they get into crazy situations and so yeah it's it's wacky like an anime but it's also like grounded in like human emotions if that makes sense and it's not like i feel like so much uh, of of like tv nowadays can be a bit of a chore to watch um in that like it just feels heavy you know yeah. people are just making fun of each other making fun of their self making fun of you and and you know break the fourth wall and wink at you and yeah we're all in this crazy crappy life together kind of a thing whereas like no this show is just like uplifting and fun um so yeah it's i totally agree i have to i have to give Props to Wes also because he recommended it on the last um, episode. Are you saying that this is like the Ted Lasso of anime adaptions? You know what? Yeah, Ted Lasso is very similar uh, in in terms of how it feels. Totally different sure. show because sure. this is yeah. an action show. Uh, you know, weird, wacky. But, but yeah, no, it does capture that. That like it just it's nice to watch. That I think was lost on later seasons. But anyways, uh, first <laughs> not, season. Not wrong. Not wrong. Um, Fair enough. So th- th- because it introduces I, that heaviness. But I, I feel like since you took the shot, I do mm-hmm. I, I do like seasons two and three okay. of Ted yeah. Lasso. Yeah. I enjoy them. I, I like them. I like the narrative closure. 
I think it's season okay. one was just perfect, which makes it hard for yeah, right. season two and three to yeah. not be perfect. Yeah, that's that's, that's the thing. Fair. Season one was just like it was the the grand slam. Mm-hmm. It was just knocked it out of the park, brought everything home. Like it was, it was, it might be the most perfect television in history. Oh, Ted Lasso sad. season one is like one of my favorite things in the world. Huh? Like okay, okay, I think. It's Anyways, it's good. It's it. good. I enjoyed it. Um, but actually, you know what you're talking about, you know, season dips and stuff like that, is that I feel like I almost have to apologize to you because uh, within our talks about Only Murders, I think you had brought up that you were watching, you and Megan were watching it, and I was kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. I was kind of dismissive of it because I was like, yeah, second season wasn't that great. It was still fun because of – Martin Short and Steve Martin. I the think the second season got it was back. definitely a low a low point. Yeah. Yes. I think they've gotten it back with the third season. Um that just it feels more true to the characters. I will say I I've noticed a lot more F bombs. Not that they they, <laughs> they were present with other seasons, but um I'm like, okay, I guess they just kind of totally <laughs> like it's just all over the place. Um but I think I think season three is is much better than two. Um, and we're really enjoying it. We, uh, my wife and I, already figured out who did it, uh, like an episode or two ago. We're we're pretty certain. What we episode are you on? Um, we just watched this week's, um, so so we're up to date with it. This uh, last one. Well, and that's uh, I think like that's the thing though is like they're so good about mm-hmm. like sort of like shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a theory. Okay, but I am totally prepared to just like have my. Yeah. Like, and I've kind of been in that headspace too, like, mm-hmm. cause I'm reading Fletch or listening yeah. to Fletch. Yeah. So yeah. I am prepared to just have my theory just thrown out. Yeah. But we, we can talk about it in bro hang, you know, like not, not main episode stuff. Um, I will just say that, that, uh, it was, it was pretty easy to see that every time they focused on a character, like now it's not going to be that character. Like they, there are lots of red intentional red herrings mm. of like, nah, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's actually not that one. Um, so anyways, no, we're, we're enjoying that. My wife and I watched that show together and we're enjoying that as well. Um, the other thing that I have watched that again, just kind of fly over here is Wes Anderson's latest movie, Asteroid City. I watched it and it is very much Wes Anderson. Um, (laughs) it, it is weird, um, because I don't think I understand it. I felt like it was actually pretty pretentious. Um, and I mean, Wes Anderson does his Wes Anderson thing, but it's still, this one feels like it's all a metaphor, but it doesn't let you in on any of the metaphorical aspects. Um, so it's like, maybe you have to rewatch it a few times. Isn't that like par for the course for a lot of his stuff? I mean, like Moonlight Kingdom was that way. Well, Um, but, but there's a lot of like character dialogue that kind of lets you in on some of that stuff. Like, I I feel like his dialogue. And this, I I like Wes Anderson flicks. Like they're, they're kind of like fun and quirky, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they all feel like kind of a little like high on their own supply. I I think (laughs) this one, this one kind of like pushes that way up because it ended and I'm just like, oh, that's the ending. Like the craziest stuff happens like way earlier in the movie and just the way people react. It's like, okay, clearly this is something, this is about something that I'm just not understanding or, or something because I don't understand what I just watched. It was like a bunch of, a bunch of things happened. I don't get how, <laughs> like how that was a story. Um, so uh, I guess, I, I mean, I can't recommend it at this point unless you like Wes Anderson. 
then go mm. for it because it's very Wes Anderson. Um, you know, it's yeah. Quirky, fun cast of characters. Um, but yeah, I don't understand it and I don't know that I'm going to go back and watch it. So we'll, yeah, that's all I can say about that. So, um, I guess, yeah, I guess the next thing or the last thing to report on then is video games. Let's talk about video games. Why not? Nice. Mark, what, what have you been, been playing, playing, man? I, well, we mentioned this a little bit on my podcast. I've been playing Sea of Stars, mm. um, mm. which is mm-hmm. a big deal because I don't like RPGs. Like I, okay. I think they're boring. Okay. I how just, yeah. dare you? I'm sorry. First I have off, one question. <laughs> First off, how dare you? I do. I just do my best and I do. Um, but I, against all odds, I feel like I'm enjoying a sea of stars. Mm. And so for context, I have played like most of Pokemon Emerald. I played Pokemon sword. Yep. I think I played the first Mario and Luigi. I think that's all the RPGs I've played. Okay. I think it's substantial. So, um, I know there are some big gaps there. I don't think I'll like them, but again, I'm enjoying sea of stars. Um, so that's sweet. Playing out in game pass. Um, yeah, it's really pretty. It's, and like, I'm kind of just trying to verbally process of like, what is hooking me in? Cause I just kind of keep going back to it. Um, I do enjoy the battles. Um, and like, I think because they're often pretty quick and I like, I enjoy the mm-hmm. kind of the puzzle of um, like, there's different things where it's like, if as uh, like each attack has like certain abilities to it. And like, if you do these certain abilities, I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but like you can mm-hmm. stop an enemy's really strong attack. If you like do the right abilities at the right time, there's a lot um, of Mario RPG and yes. uh, paper Mario elements. Yes. So, that, so that's probably what you're noticing. Yeah. And like the, that kinetic like response time, I think is mm-hmm. helping me with it. Sweet. Um, there's one thing I've noticed about like this game and it's just true of all RPGs, but bugs me is like, you can't not get hit. Like there's part of me yeah. that just I, I don't enjoy the fact that like you just take damage and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Like mm-hmm. with Sea of Stars, you can press the A button at the right time and like you take less damage. But it's like I think you think even like the Paper Mario games or or Mario and Luigi, it's like you can avoid getting hit by pressing the button at the right time. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, oh okay. Maybe I'm making that up. It's been a while, um, but. Yeah, that's like something that's like, wow, that's actually like I'm frustrated by that. And maybe that's part of the reason why I don't like RPGs as much. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. See you, stars. It's I'm having a fun time. I, I think I'll play it through, uh, but we'll see. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I really wish Nate is not impressed. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, referencing, uh, you know, RPGs, this is a very like Bethesda-esque moment where Nate will remember that kind of, or that's maybe more of a telltale <laughs> thing. Uh, Nate will, I, I'm like, you're like, you you rip off, you're like, this is what I played. And it's like two Pokemon games. And yeah. and I'm like. It's it's turn-based combat. I yeah. just don't like it as yeah. much. Like, I, I don't think it's that fun for me. No, and that's that's fair. Um, I would be interested to see, like, because there's also apparently a lot of uh, Chrono Trigger and the DNA of this thing. Okay. Um, and Chrono Trigger has like 
you can turn like it's turn based, but there's also like they really lean into the active time thing. And so okay. there's like a dynamic play mode where it's like basically like you make the decisions like and while if you take too long to make a decision, an enemy will just act. Um, gotcha. So that might I mean, I don't know, but, but you are uh, going to get hit a lot. But you are going to get sure. hit a lot. So yeah. if that's a point of frustration. Um, but yeah, Chrono, the, the, from what I've heard, there's a lot of, like, Sea of Stars took a lot of notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's been enough, like, ink spilt about Chrono Trigger that's like, if mm-hmm. it becomes easily accessible, I'll, yeah. I'll try it out. That's yeah. the biggest problem is mm-hmm. that, like, it's, yeah, there's a PC version or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's like, that is like the game where I'm like, Squaresoft, like, or Square Enix, just <laughs> make this Stupid. available in a way that doesn't require like, you know, 30 year old hardware or older Mm -hmm. hardware. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but yeah. Um, speaking of things that I've been playing, uh, so I think last time, you know, I, well, and if you're, you, you've sort of been in the discord and actually I announced it in several, uh, discords. Uh, (laughs) I deleted snap off my phone. Like I hit a point where I was like, I really enjoy the Loki style deck. Right. Um, But what was happening was like, I just is like, I hit 90 for the first time. Yeah. Or no, Mm -hmm. I got into, no, I, this is the second time I've hit 90. Okay. Um, Cause I hit it late last season, but I got into 90 fairly early on. And then, I just, it was like whenever I play, there was just like, no, you do not get to win. You do, like, I'd win one game and then I'd lose four. Um, hmm. And it was just like, it was like the most awkward pairings where it's like, you, you know, or it's like, I just wouldn't get the cards I needed. It, and it just like, it got to a point where when it felt like, and it, this probably wasn't the case, but when it felt like every single game I was playing was just like, I didn't lose because I made bad decisions. I I lost because the game was like literally like nope, you get stuffed. Um, mm. And again, that that could just be like me sort of like kind of like changing the narrative. That, that but it's like I hit a point where I was like, this is I am not having fun with this anymore. Right, and so I yeah. I took it off my phone. I still have it on my laptop i haven't played it in like a week and a half two weeks at this point mm. i over in trg's discord there's a channel where this snap has basically taken over and i basically said in there like guys i i kind of have to walk away from this for a while <laughs> because like i am the the climbing the ladder and mark you, you, like you've played the game like climbing mm-hmm. the ladder was like stressing me out hmm. i've noticed that while well, i think that meta is really healthy I also think it's like in some ways, like it's just getting to be way too much for me. Mm. Um, and that there's like, especially like, cause I'm out of collector, like I'm almost at 9,000 collectors level, which is, and so you get, I get popped in with a lot of people who have like, I'm missing like five cards outside of like some of the, the more recent cards. Um, yeah. So there, and there's just like a lot of staleness you know, for lack of a better term, like it's like the same three or four decks are really dominant and second dinner doesn't want like <laughs> I'm going to get on my soapbox for you for a minute. And I know this is, but like the fact that second dinner refuses to adjust Cyclops in the high Evo format 
is ridiculous. In fact, like the high Evo format is just broken. It's overpowered. And the like the like, well, the only way to stop it is if you have Luke Cage. I'm like, get bent. Like, knock it off. Like the fact that like high Evo has basically been a dominant sort of archetype. And I know there's several different like types of high Evo decks, right? But like the fact that it has been a dominant archetype since the card released, and it's not like it's consistently in like the top three decks. Like, and I'm just like, dude, you guys, like, this isn't, I don't want to play high Evo, but in order for me to do well, I have to play high Evo. And it's like, and, and when I play high Evo, you're like, hey, what are all the cards you don't want to have? Here you go, pal. <laughs> I'm like, or like, here's all your like five and six costs in turns one, two, and three. I'm like, yeah. Anyways. Thanks. Yeah. It was so I just kind of hit a point where like my aggravation with the game was just getting to be like just way too much. I was getting like angry and screaming at my phone. And I was like, this is not not worth it. Uh so I took a break. And nice. There, there's a chance I may not go back to it. Um mm-hmm. just because like I I love the game. I think it's super well designed. I just also recognize that like it works on me in a very particular way that is not pleasant. Yeah. Um, and so if I do go back to it, it's going to be with some severely adjusted like expectations sort cool. of. Um, well, but, that's, that's awesome that you recognize that before you hit that, you know, before you hit my limit. laptop. Yeah. Before you snapped. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, but I've just, and, and we talked about a little bit on, on the, the episode that we just recorded with you, Mark, but I've mm. been playing Diablo four and I think I mentioned it last time. Uh, I rolled credits on it. I did beat the seasonal content. Um, like there's a little bit of a seasonal story or whatever. And I beat that and I'm just kind of like finishing out the battle pass for Diablo four and it's all cosmetic garbage. Um, but th- like that game, I like that game and I've got kind of a homebrew, um, build it's a variant of a build that you know it's a, a variant of the of a dual core uh flurry and rapid fire build uh that i came up with my own and i really like it and i have a like it's just a clever game i like diablo and but yeah uh you know so i haven't you know aside from like the fact that like i said i rolled credits on diablo a while back I'm still at a positive two for my beatdown score, um, and like I said, my my plan is to go back, play, uh, do some more Destiny two stuff, get caught up on the seasonal content there. And then uh, I want to get through. Well, and we've got our Spooptober game that is is coming up that we'll be going through. Um, but in addition to that, I, like I've got Ghost. I want to finish Ghost of Tsushima. I want to finish, and well. Brief crepe. Freaking the campaign for Diablo is not 35 hours. Okay. So I can only take a negative one for that. Um, not a negative two. And that makes me sad. Um, <laughs> mostly because I have spent a lot more than 35 hours in that game. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so my, my plans are to like sort of just circle back around, get through some, like get through Destiny 2, uh, play. You know, we've got a couple of like patron nominations um, that mm-hmm. I think I'd like to circle back around and tackle. And then, uh, yeah, 
work on some of my own stuff and hopefully I do not think this is going to be like a, a very like good uh, beat down scoring year for me just because mm-hmm. like this is the year where everything came out and <laughs> like I mentioned to, uh, on your show here Mark and I too yeah. recently, like in, you know that we just recorded uh, in the coming month Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2 are both coming out and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the first ones and I'm kind of like chomping at the bit to get to those. Plus, I have Sea of Stars. Like, so I've got like a, just like too much, too much. Like yeah. at, at this point in time, like if, if Team Cherry did release Silk Song Josh, I'd just like lose my oh. mind. I just like, <laughs> okay. I'd have a nervous breakdown. I thought you were about um, to say you'd put it on the back burner. And I'm oh, like, oh, no, I I'd just be like, I that. don't know how I'm going to do any of this. Like, yeah. I'm just like, but like, I just like, I, Everything goes out like scientific progress just goes boink and out the window at that point in time. <laughs> so no, no cure for cancer. No, um, no cures for cancer. So I really don't have much to to report on in terms of games outside of like a, a some playing Taiko no Tatsujin with my kids every once in a while. Um, I've only been playing Tears of the Kingdom a bit here and there, and I'm at you know like at the end of the game. I know I am. Uh, wandering around in the depths trying to find something that I'm not quite sure about. I could easily look it up online to to figure it out, but I'm having a lot of fun just like uncovering the depths and then going up to the surface and and getting um you know the temples on the surface in order to get some more heart containers and stuff like that. So yeah. the game is just so expansive that it's like you can always find something to do. And that's what I end up doing. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's stupid that it's taken me this long to, you know, finish the game, but I'm, yeah, I'm having fun just kind of wandering around at the end of the game and still nice. enjoying it. Yeah. The depths are, is like a weird, like lizard brain time sink where it's just mm-hmm. like light root. Go to that one. Oh, light root. Okay. Walk light, light root. Yes. Just keep on. And it's like both, kind of you're doing nothing but it's also like pretty satisfying it is it really is it's like the map is uncovering and stuff and it's like sometimes i'll just yeah go to the light route and then immediately warp to another one that's closer to kind of a dark spot just to kind of yeah. find another light route it's like why am i doing that J- to uncover the map because yeah, the map exactly. <laughs> have you built an air bike an air seen the- bike no i mean I, I don't think i've seen any of the koga clan right um it flying ones i don't think so so this is it'll break the game for you okay yeah only do it if you are okay okay with that but Mm -hmm. i mean i know what this is josh the fact that you don't just makes you an ignorant plebe it's true (laughs) (laughs) it's um take two fans and you put a um like one of the controlling sticks in between Mm -hmm. them and it's like a hover bike basically and like you have to do it in a certain way okay um, but it's like super cheap to make yeah, and it's just very energy efficient. And that's how I did. I completed the depths using that thing by just flying around on this bike. Nice. Nice. So. That's awesome. I'm, I'm using, um, well, something that you only get at the end of the game to kind of cross over the, the areas that are, that are hard to cross over. Is it a hook shot? I don't want to give, no, 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 it, no it's, it's just something that I don't want to give well, away because well. I didn't know about it until, yeah. uh, anyways, so that's really all I've been playing. So no change in my backlog score. Um, before we end this segment of the episode, I do, Nate touched on it. I do just want to mention, to announce, um, you may have heard it in the Discord already, but 
since October is coming, Spooptober, we like to play a spooky game in October. And so if you'd like to join us in playing a spooky game in October, this year we are going to be playing the game Faith, the Unholy Trinity. So I know that's three Josh, chapters. I thought we were a Christian podcast. We are. And this game was made by a Christian. And it actually uses some Christian themes as well. What are they? I have no idea. I've never touched the game before. But um, apparently it's really spooky. Commodore 64 style of video game. It's only for PC. Um, but I've I've heard some really good things about it. And I've intentionally not gone into the spoilers because I know of videos that do spoilers. Interviews with uh, the creator. Again, a Christian guy. There's some Christian themes in this game. Um, but the, I'm I'm excited to jump into it. Excited to be spooked out by it, um, and and we'll see if I have enough time to to play through it. I know it's a short game, but the next month yeah. of my life is going to be weird. Yeah, and that that was kind of like that, that we had something a little more ambitious planned, um, mm-hmm. I think originally, but uh, we'll just we'll save that for some other year. I think. Yeah. Where um, it's always another October. There's always yeah yeah as long Come as uh, time oh. keeps marching along. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be Octobers. Mm-hmm. So as long as it keeps flying. Yep. <laughs> Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping <laughs> into the future. future. Yeah. Just makes me think of Space Jam. Uh, anyways. Um... But no. Uh, so we, we obviously we talked a little bit about our beatdown scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no change for either one of us since the last episode uh, because we haven't beaten anything. And if you haven't, uh, if this is your first episode, uh, let's just take a minute and explain what the backlog beatdown is. It's basically a meta that we run all year long where uh, you want to get the lowest score possible. And when you beat a game, you add a negative one to your tally. And when you buy a game, you add a positive one to your tally. And so it's just get it low. And if you can get into the negatives, well, then you're just ahead of the game. Because the whole thing is like, we want you to to play the games that you've already purchased. And we yep. want to prioritize that. And we want to encourage that. And so this is just a fun little tool that we sort of have. Um, and if you're interested in sort of participating, it's never too late. Um, you can hop on at any point in time in the year. Uh, although at this point in time, you know, we've got like two, three months left in the year. It might not be worth it. Maybe it will. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're just like going to like last three months of the year, you're just going to try and crush it. Um, (laughs) Which, hey, you know, if that's what you want to do, go for it. Um, But so speaking of the backlog beatdown, right? You're saying, well, how do we track all these things? Well, you can do it a number of ways. You can do it with pen and paper. You can do it with a spreadsheet. We have a couple of guys. not not the mark that we have on this episode, but another mark actually built a little bit of a, another one. There's a, there's another mark, and he's wow. also a patron. Um, spoilers. We'll get to we'll talk about that here in a minute. But he built a, a little bit of like a I don't know a widget kind of thing that actually is just like basically his beatdown scorecard, um, mm-hmm. and he just sort of it, it tracks all that stuff for him. He adds in the numbers and all that. So, uh, yeah. But uh, there's also the GG app, and you're saying, Nate, okay, you're throwing a lot of stuff at me, and we all know that uh, with information dumps, you only retain about 11%. So this is part of the 11% of the information dump that I'd like you to remember. I'd like you to remember the whole thing because it's not that long. Um, It's like five minutes of information dump. Um, But 
the GG app is an app developed by our friend uh, Charles Watson, and it's basically a letterbox style app for your video game collection. You can create custom lists, uh, you know, and that's actually how we we keep track of everything. We create one list for acquisitions and one list for playthroughs, and then um, when you beat a game, you can mark it as completed, as beaten. Uh, you if you abandon a game. You can mark it as shelved. You can cultivate a wish list. There's all sorts of neat stuff you can do in addition to that. Um, you can rate and review games. You can see what your friends are playing. Uh, so, and if you like what he's doing, and you can do that for no cost. Um, it's it's free 99 to just check it out. But if you like what he's doing and you want to sort of go a little bit above and beyond the, the you know, just the, the, the regular sort of call, um, he has an elite tier. So for $5 a month, or if you buy uh, a year subscription to the elite tier or elite access, it's 50 bucks a year. Um, and you'll get access to early builds. You'll get an exclusive role in his discord and you'll have a lot more access to Charles and sort of just asking questions and providing feedback. Uh, we really like the app. Uh, we really like Charles, you know, and we think it's something that's definitely worth your time and possibly your money. And other things that are probably worth your money, it's, well, we hope that you think might be worth some of your money. It's this show, right? And if you've done the the sharing and the caring, if you've rated and reviewed and you've done all of the things for free and you still want, you want to go a little bit, you want to do a little bit more uh, to show your appreciation for what we're doing here. You, for the, the, the price of a buck a month, can sort of basically join our, our Patreon and you can become a brochacho. Um, and, and just like with GG, there are perks for, for, for paying. There's an exclusive uh, podcast for the, the, the bro chachos. It's called The Bro Hang. It tends to be a little more stream of consciousness. Um, sometimes there's spicier takes in there. A lot of times, like the, the really like offensive stuff, it's me. It's not Josh. If anybody, like, you know, I'll make jokes about how Josh is really just a horrible person, you know, um, behind the paywall. But it's true. he's re- he's really a sweetheart. <laughs> Me, maybe not so much. Um, in addition to that, uh, each one of our patrons can nominate a a topic or a game for us to 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 cover in in the recording year. Uh, so there's that, and uh, you know, they get early and uncut access to each and every episode, along with a video feed for most episodes. Uh, there are a few that just the the video gets a little too dicey, uh, you know, and we're just like, yeah, Josh. Josh does all of our production, so you know, and he's already a pretty busy boy. So um, <laughs> that being said, if you are interested in doing that, like I said, for as little as a buck a month, um, you can sort of check us out over there and see what you may or may not be missing. Um, last but not least, uh, Josh. And I here are uh, obviously we're part of the the Playwell Network. As uh, well, if this is your first time listening, I guess you wouldn't know that. But we are proud members of the Playwell Network, alongside our friends Paul, the artist currently known as the Techno Funk Boy, Wesley Ray, the Henshin Dad himself, and Porcho uh, or Nicholas Porch, um, who uh, just recently joined the network. Um, and each one of these guys uh, basically creates content that we think sort of is at least uh, exploring, trying to, to to play well and to to be wise with uh, enterta- entertainment and exploring those. Uh, Paul does a lot of actual play stuff. Uh, so right now he's doing 
uh, the Thorns of War, which is a Dragonlance mm, uh, actual nice. play podcast. Uh, some of his older stuff. He's got the Retro Zoo, uh, the Retro Zoo Super Show, and the Retro Station. Wesley, uh, his current project is the Retronym Podcast, which tends to be a, a short form, kind of free form exploration of nostalgia and video games. Plus, you know, just it's 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 cute. Uh, you know, except for when he does his like his Pokemon tier list and then it just gets absolute he fully embraces Darwinism and he just mercilessly throws wow. Pokemon out into the streets. Um just gonna kill those those D tier. Just <laughs> he hopes they die of fires. And those are his words, not mine. Um and, and again Especially if they're no grass well, type. Uh, <laughs> what type? Grass type? Grass type, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll take yeah. a stab. Yeah. Um, I, I know very little about know. Pokemon. Um but uh and and then, you know, I, I talked about our, our buddy Porcho. He's he just recently introduced uh Nothing New Under the Porch, which is kind of like half really earnest and heartfelt kind of um monologuing meets parody. Um <laughs> It's kind of like if the Babylon B were a little more more earnest um, mm-hmm. and and video game oriented, you would probably get something really close to what Nick is doing. And I love mm-hmm. it. I, I love his dry sense of humor. I love the bad voice acting. Uh, and it's just it's it's one of my favorite things. And uh, I really think you guys should check all of those out. Um, and with that being said, here's a word from one of them. Do you think that this is like a really close-up shot of two small crabs? Or were those really big crabs? How do you know they're even real? They're imaginary crabs. Jimbleton, please tell me we can go look for imaginary crabs. Can we? How would you look for something that's imaginary? Oh, that's the best thing to look for. War has come to Krim. A war building for centuries as dragons and gods drift into myth and legend. This is the war that will bring an end to it all, or restore what was lost for good. Dragonlance, The Thorns of War, is an actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Available everywhere in May. Subscribe today. And we're back. So I have to be honest here, folks. Um, the, the reason we have disingenuous reasons for bringing Mark on, because um, he's pretty oh, much no. going to commandeer the episode from this point on out. This is kind of his topic <laughs> um, in the sense that he made a, a, a sort of a, I wouldn't even say an offhand comment, but it was like, it was sort of like this thing that we kind of hit for a minute and then we moved past it because he was still sort of working through the ideas. But, he at one point in time, I think on one of our episodes with him, actually talked about how he kind of has this theory that work and play are are made of the same stuff. And I think that's a really interesting sort of rabbit hole to go down because I don't necessarily I actually agree with him for the most part, and maybe for different reasons. Okay. Um but I, I think there's yeah. there's something that that there's a thread worth pulling here. Um and especially in the last couple of episodes that you've done on an 11 and a half minutes, Mark, and I've sent yeah. you texts yes. after them because I've been like, dude, this is like, I'm loving the vibe here. <laughs> um, was it, were both of those with Parker? 
Um, one, the guilty pleasure one was with Matt and that okay. was my friend, Matt Intamin, who like basically just, he came with that, um, that topic of like, do you view gaming as a guilty pleasure? Like asking the question, did you make a podcast to justify your hobby? Yeah. And that I had an existential crisis. Um, but yes, so that was with Matt and then Parker was the one talking about, uh, finances. Okay. Yeah. Like the financial, like, why are we so obsessed with financial data and stuff yes. like that? Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, I thought both of those, uh, were really, really interesting. And there were some like terms that sort of came up and, and at some point okay. in time, I'm going to try and work them in. Um, yeah. Okay. Because, uh, I was like, there was some just really interesting stuff. In, in those conversations. So if you guys haven't listened to those episodes yet, I'd actually say like hit pause, go listen to those because I think in some ways those will be like interesting precursors to this, what we're going to do here. Um, but with that being said, Sweet. Let, let's uh, sort of kick us off here, Mark, sort of sure. run I us actually, through this. I am wondering how the financial data one will tie in. Cause I don't like the guilty pleasure one makes a lot of sense to me, but yeah, I'm curious <laughs> to see what, what comes up. So, um, well, and, and I yeah. may not have a, a good way to sort of like work some of my thoughts in that, but like it, what I, and I know I was like, I'm going to hand this off to you, but what I wanted to say is what <laughs> was did. really fascinating about both of those is I was listening to them and the whole time I'm like, I want to be in on this conversation. <laughs> like I wanted to be on, I've never wanted to be on the mics so badly during a conversation. I was like, <laughs> I want to be here. Thanks for having me on this. Um, because 11 half minutes was not enough to, to talk through this. Uh, where this started is, so back in 2019, there was an article about un the Untitled Goose Game, which sent me on a journey of self-discovery um, of how I think about purpose and impact in life. And so that's, there's my uh, lead in there. Um, after that, so this idea started forming. And then in like 2020, uh, a friend of mine wanted to do like, like let's write some stuff of just just send it back and forth to each other just to like do writing um and that's something that i started forming my thoughts more in writing through that process and so um and now even just like in the past few weeks or so i've really started thinking about it more as i've been pre preparing for this yeah. um so the article like led to this hypothesis that we're here to test um which really kind of radically changed how I view video games and to a lesser extent uh, really shifted how I approach work as well. Mm. Um, but whether or not that we all agree this hypothesis is correct, um, like I mentioned, I've been more lately reflecting on how uh, or at least the similarities between the work and play um, or leisure have really adjusted uh, how I think about work and play and rest in a larger sense. Um, and also the meaning of life and purpose and existence. So I'm in my head, I have two parts. The part one is I want to give this thesis and test it out. We can further it. We can edit it. We can debunk it entirely. And then part two is to kind of talk about more why it's been like person significant in the past few weeks or so um, and how it's developed a little more. So uh, I'll start us out here with talking about this thesis. So this idea that work and play are made of the same stuff. And that's kind of the, the clickbait thesis. Um, but at least there's this really key relationship between work and play. And I like, I mean, I'm not sure if I fully hold to it, but I, I do believe that like there's, it might be like 
two sides of the same coin in a sense. And so it's either like play is grouped in with rest. Um, or I think what I'm thinking through more lately is that play is somewhere kind of more in the middle. Um, but we will get to okay. that. Um, so that article I mentioned is from Ian Bogost, uh, is an article in the Atlantic called video games are better without gameplay. Uh, when it came out, it was first was called don't play entitled goose game to get the SEO. Um, <laughs> Ian Bogost is, he's currently a professor of computer science and English at Washington university in St. Louis. Um, and he's kind of a nihilist. I think if I'm using that term correctly, hmm. um, you can follow him on Twitter or X, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> and he's just, he's a fascinating follow Cause he just, yeah, he's like a game critic. He's also a game designer. He made cow clicker, hmm. uh, which is, was years back this Facebook game where just you can click on a cow every few hours. And that was the game. Like <laughs> very like, that's not sure what the word I'm looking for. Like, like a critic, but also trying to undercut games a lot. And so that's the context okay. of this article where like this quote I pulled from it is untitled goose game is fun. The problem is all games are also work. And so through the lens of untitled goose game, um, I think he makes the point that games, which being the most interactive and inter- entertainment medium um, really ask the most of the consumer. So like in movies and books, you don't have to watch or read the characters every time they go in a hallway um, versus games. Like you actively have to walk them down the hallway and like, mm-hmm. and nothing might happen. Um, and that's kind of just a micro scopic version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in entitled goose game, he kind of uh, talks about like the draw of inhabiting a goose becomes more of like, you're doing the job of a goose and like you literally have a to-do okay. list. And so it's, you're both in having this goose and it's fun because you're, the, you're this goose that's terrorizing this small town. Um, but at the same time, you're just to to-do list. Um, and he, he really criticized that as like, that makes the game bad. And in a sense, it kind of like, it feels like the undertone of that is that that makes all games bad. Um, so I don't really know kind of what, he wants but the article ends and i'll quote here so whether made from guns or geese games will always be imbricated with work stuck in a celebration or a burlesque of labor the joke it turns out isn't to be found in the goose's evil pranks which get the better of his human foes it's in the human's use of the goose to issue meaning for for their empty lives in the first place cool that's how the article ends (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah so I, there's yeah. definitely like a bit of a nihilist bend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even in that closing sort of argument, I'm like, wow, that's uh none of this means anything. <laughs> <laughs> so Can- it's like, in a sense, I think he's kind of right. And obviously mm-hmm. we're coming from very different worldviews. Um, so I think he's also not right in many different ways. Mm-hmm. But this article got me started thinking of like, man, our games just work. Like is all play kind of just work. Um, but now to back up a bit, uh, so we're going to add the context of the beginning and, and end of all things as we know it. Uh, so a lot of this portion of my thesis kind of comes from like Tim Keller's Every Good Endeavor and Albert Walter's Creation Regained. Um, okay. Two kind of really impactful books for me. Um, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So before the fall, we 
had work. Um, I think we, we see this in Genesis 2, where verse 15 is, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And then with the fall, toil was introduced into work as a consequence. Um, and that sucks. <laughs> so now we're looking ahead. We look to Jesus' return um, and we're looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. And so we see Isaiah 65 really gives a vision for this. Um, and I know that there, there are different views on this. I'm kind of more operating out of belief that um, this is like, eschatology stuff but like i'm more operating at the belief that we won't spend eternity in heaven uh but instead that christ's return brings heaven down to earth so like revelation okay. 21 mm -hmm. describes the new jerusalem coming down and god making all things new so like eternity mm -hmm. is spent on a redeemed creation made new yeah um yeah does that no I, I think yeah, that's the, sure. the, i think that is an accurate okay. interpretation like i think that is the proper interpretation Okay. Um, and along and again, with that's, that's yeah. a lay theological that's, I'm not trying to weigh in, Sure, but yeah. 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 And I'm like, I obviously didn't arrive at that on my own. That was taught to me. Um, and looking into it myself too, I feel like that seems right. Um, and so I think also in this new, new creation, the new heavens, new earth will still have work. And so going back to Isaiah 65, uh, verse 22, we ha there's, I'll just read the verse here. It says, no longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen, my chosen ones will enjoy the work of their hands. Um, so it gives us vision of redeemed work that assumes there will be work. Um, in the meantime, we are in this already and not yet stage between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension um, mm -hmm. at were his resurrection, ascension and his return. Yeah. We're between those. Um, <laughs> so we look forward to this redeemed work and that vision of redeemed work uh, kind of helps give our work purpose now. Um, and that's kind of what I'm really pulling from every good endeavor. High recommend the book. Um, it was really impactful for me in how I think of work overall. Uh, but also, in the not yet work still sucks. Um, mm -hmm. But if work and play are made of the same stuff um, and play being not just video games, but also like any game or sports or like playing make believe or my, my nine month year old putting a wooden ball into a box, like play as that. Um, my thought is what if play provides a taste of what redeemed work will be like? Um, mm. so I'm going to pause there. What, what do y'all think so far? I actually kind of think that's the, the core of your thesis. I, I really, and I actually think that that's pretty spot on now, not every. Okay. So, and this kind of goes back to, I, I listened to work, um, by James Sisman uh, okay. a while ago, uh, um, I actually, I wanted to pull it up, uh, but it's like the history, uh, a deep history from the stone age to the age of robots. Right. And he's sort of trying to, there's a, it's more of a sociological text than anything else, I think. Um, but you know, he sort of gets into the sort of very academic and work is just a term used to talk about the expenditure of energy to accomplish tasks. Okay. That's like yeah. at its basis, 
like, so everybody is pretty much like you were doing work all the time, even when you're sleeping, right? Hmm. You're, you're, you're hmm. constantly working. You're okay. expending energy to sort of perform, to do something, right? So there is that sort of like that very technical sort of definition um, that, yeah, it falls under. But I think that's where where the the hooks for for you the the things that really explain is like play is a taste it, 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 that that taste of redeemed work right sure and yeah. and even when we're like and again this is sort of anecdotal but even when you think about your best day of work when you come in and you're just crushing like yeah. and you're just like it's just like smooth sailing you're sort of like knocking every, like there is a deep sort of satisfaction yeah. Like, oh, yeah. and like, and just like a joy taken from a task well done. And I think like video games and just art and play and, and leisure in general are sort of there. Now I also make a distinguishing, uh, like there's, I, I believe there is a, a distinction rather between yeah. leisure. So we have terms like work and play, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But then you also have leisure, which I think is very distinct from play. Play, okay. Okay. Um, leisure, or play can be a part of leisure, but leisure in and of itself is sort of a a, a category of rest, and and play <laughs> can be a further subcategory of leisure, but it also can be like part of the rest cycle too. Like, yeah. So the, the like the thing is like the the further I've gone down this rabbit hole, the more like nuanced. And sort of like the deeper it gets when you really start wrestling with what is work, what is play, like, yeah. and what you're mm -hmm. finding, yeah. what I'm finding rather is that a lot of like the terminology is inadequate. Um, yeah. Or it's like, you know, it's part of the problem with language, period, is that even your most, the, the most precise terms, you sort of get like caught up in it. Yeah. So, like, work and play are similar to labor and leisure, but they're not the same. Hmm. And there's okay. overlap there within yeah. but those are actually four distinct categories like with some overlap okay and that's we're not even talking about uh rest recreation and you know because rest is like sort of its own yeah. thing recreation is another thing um and they're all sort of they're they're semi synonymous but when you really sort of look at them, and 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 the part is like when you're kind of looking at them from technical sort of perspectives, like recreation can be part of rest. Yeah, leisure can be part of rest. You know, um, labor cannot be part of rest. Well, sure. it yeah. kind of can, sure. um, because sometimes it's like when we talked about like that that redeemed labor, that redeemed work. Is very satisfying, and I and I think sort of even kind of what got me thinking about this was like the the sense of accomplishment that you can get out of reading a good book or watching a good movie. Like there there is sort of like a bit of a the serotonin ding, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is like a lot of people again we call it the pleasure hormone or the pleasure drug or whatever, but it's really the accomplishment drug. It's <laughs> the hormone that floods your system when you get something done. Yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. So I do think there's, there's, there is, you, you've hit on like the important part is that 
and 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 I thought about this sort of on a sideways, like a different or parallel track, because when you said that, I was like, oh no, that's because like it's it's tied to accomplishment, it's yeah. tied to satisfaction, it's yeah. tied to that that feeling because it's and like I said, it's like a, a video game gives you like you know like stardew valley right yeah like the thing is like you play that and it's like it's chores the game yes right yeah, yeah but it feels really good to play that and sort of like knock off all the little lists yeah. and i think even in his sort of critique um what was the uh it was it ian yeah ian bogost he kind of hits on it is like like the thing that kind of makes the goose game like ruins the goose game is that it acknowledges like that game. It's like, it's a checkbox. Right. Like, and he's like, that kind of destroyed, like that ruins everything. And I'm like, no, that, that is what makes it worthwhile. Like that, mm. that is the thing. It's like, it's, it's the, the uh, teleological sort of thing. Like the, mm. the fact that it has a point makes it meaningful. Even if it's kind of ridiculous, even if it's absurd. <laughs> the points to terrorize this t- small town. <laughs> But it has a point. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. in in doing that, you can because it has a direction and it's not just sort of like it it like the yeah. the very fact like there there's something implied in the fact that it has it has meaning because it has direction. Now whether that's good meaning or wicked or whatever, whether or whether it's amoral, um, or just like that's a, a completely different realm. Yeah. Like that's a, a, maybe not completely different realm, but that's like, that is a, a topic unto itself. Sure. But like there, that's, that's the point. And I think that the best sort of like the, like the, the fact that he's like kind of trying to make the, the argument in some ways that like the, the thing that ruins these games is like design is purpose is intent is, re, is a reaction out of a, frankly, a nihilistic worldview. Right. Um, so it's like, whereas I would say, like, I think video games are at their best, whether it's sort of a, a mechanical intent where it's like, like when you look at souls or something like a fighting game where yeah. the intent is like a mastery of technique, of control, of timing, uh, or even just sort of, I know for me, like, you know, uh, Bloodborne, a lot of it was just like brute forcing. <laughs> Like it was like, mm-hmm. nope, just throw yourself at the meat grinder until like, you know, it, it doesn't hurt anymore kind of thing. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think like that in and of itself is a, is a, an incredibly interesting counterpoint to like, like, because it's like, these things are inherently laden with meeting, yeah. you know, you know, and I'm not talking about author, our authorial intent. I'm talking about okay. like, cause there might be like just, you know, like obviously, you know, the designers, the storytellers, the narrative in the game has its agenda or its purpose or whatever. I'm talking about just like, just like the, the fact of like even doing, and that's actually kind of what makes video games, especially dangerous because mm-hmm. they can simulate that same sort of feeling of accomplishment that getting out there and grinding. And that, that, that is actually, I think why so many evangelical thought leaders are afraid <laughs> of video games and go after it with a stick yeah. because I think they've identified that there's a particular danger and there's something yeah. kind of like 
potentially insidious in that. Yeah. But it makes them addictive. Like yeah, mm-hmm. full stop. But I mean, like, and and I think that a, a conversation that we've had is like, what's the difference between somebody who's addicted to video games and somebody who's addicted to work? Well, one of those is condoned because it's productive, you know. And I threw up air quotes for for listeners, right? It's because it's it's doing something that we've deemed worthwhile. And and I'm not here to argue the merits of either one of those things, but I would say both of those are inherently sinful. Like mm-hmm. both both of those positions, because we're not meant to be slaves to our labor. Like, you know, and it's like you you were but Genesis three tells us that our labor will fight against us, right? And that the thorns and the thistles and but we're not supposed to be trapped by it. Humanity was never supposed to be trapped by it. Like it's part of the curse and it's something that we live under, but it is not the, the, the entirety of our existence. And in fact, the, the, what our existence is, is built around is Sabbath is rest is, you know, is community with God. And so I like there's a, and again, it's just, it's, it's one of these things where I haven't spent as much time fleshing some of this stuff out as I want to. Sure. Like even in that, I think like, you know, it's, it's right. I think, like I said, a lot of evangelical leaders, I think they're right to have concerns, yeah. but the fact of the matter is that they won't move beyond the knee jerk reaction. Just video games are bad because they make young men lazy. No, 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 no. Like that, that's, that's poor reasoning. And frankly, it's like, you're turning a blind eye to a ton of other sins because you're refusing to address the heart of the issue, which is you know, to borrow something I read earlier today, it's an issue of the heart. It's an issue of idolatry and having toxic relationships with things. Like work is supposed to be good. Recreation Mm -hmm. is supposed to be good. Like, and we live in a fallen world. And so these things are bent. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to say, like, I actually think you've, you've got that one. Like you've got that dead to rights, in my opinion. Sweet. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I really like the, the, this idea as well, because you know, I can definitely see a lot of the similarities. Um, it does, it, man, my brain goes in so many different directions, especially with, <laughs> you know, just with where the conversation's going as well. Um, so I'm going to rein it in and I've got two things just really quickly. Um, yeah. but I'd love to, you know, kind of dig in and, 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 you know, Nate, you were talking about different nuances. I'd love to like yeah. flesh these out and find these nuances because yeah. I, I feel like there's so much here, um, to go off of. So, so the first thing is what, j- just to double back on something that you said, Nate, that was originally from the, the article talking about untitled goose game and these checkboxes and how that's actually what makes it, um, you know, what, what makes the game. And I think, I, I think that's kind of inherent to what a game is. So if we're to give definitions mm-hmm. to some of these things, like a game has to have rules, right? You have to play by a certain set of rules mm-hmm. and, and have a certain objective that you have to meet in order to play a game, right? I mean, that, that, that feels definitional to me. Um, that sounds so weird feels definitional, but (laughs) just in the sense of like a a board game, right? You set out the rules and you play a card game. That's the same deal. A video game is the same deal. Like, sure. There are unknown rules. Yes. But, but those rules exist. And so you have to do those, those certain things. So, um, 
you know, if if it's just a very apparent checkbox, I can understand why that would be annoying or frustrating or why you wouldn't want to participate in that. But I do think to, to a certain extent that that's kind of inherent into that set of rules that you're following, those guidelines, those guideposts are yeah. inherent to the um, the medium of games, not even just video games, but game a game as a whole. Right. Yeah, yeah, you know, has to follow a yes. certain set of rules. Well, yeah. it, and you know, I'm I'm gonna kind of like bounce off it, but it's like Josh, we we talked a little bit about Starlight Barking a few episodes mm-hmm. ago, the yeah. the new 372 book, and one of the things that so it's it's Calvin Ball. Um, yeah. And I think they call it that on 372 pages, but like, it's like, yeah, there are no rules because as soon as there's any sort of obstacle, there, there's nothing binding anything. Yeah. It's like, they just, oh, just, you know, deus ex machina, like, oh, we, we, now we've discovered the high swoosh or, mm-hmm. but it's, <laughs> it's just like no problem presents any sort of like meaningful obstacle yeah. because it's just like. It's just like, well, we'll just make up rules to sort of like circumnavigate all of that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, that's it's like, it's nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And so right. it's like, right. and that's, yeah. so it's like, yeah, in abandoning in, in, or, or sort of like saying like, like structure is what makes it inherently worthless or whatever. It's like, no, structure is what gives it mean. And right. that's kind of what I was getting at is like the structure in and of itself is like meaningful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact that there are rules and objectives and it's like, and again, whether or not they're morally valid mm-hmm. is, is, or morally good or what, or, or reprobate is a different topic altogether. But the fact that like, and, and there's something about operating within parameters. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the entire sort of like, argument between the the this rampant moral relativism that if if people are being honest leads to nihilism right mm-hmm. versus the structure that deistic and theistic religions you know espouse and hold to and ultimately the only sort of like you know you know we're going to make our appeals to you know christian theism Sure. Right. right. Because yeah. we think it is, we believe that it, I'm trying to say this in, like, listen, I believe that what the Bible teaches us about reality is, is true, mm-hmm. right? And it makes order of the cosmos. And I think it's the only belief system that makes order out of the cosmos, but it's not just that. Um, but that's part of it, right? And, it's just it's just interesting to me that like it, like even part of his his narrative there was like sort of this like well because it has standards and structures like that's what makes it not and it's like and again it's sort of even that relationship with creation and existence where it's like we as believers we we understand that work isn't bad it just we exist in that we we exist in a world where it's fallen and so it's, yeah, anyways. Yeah. So, so the other thought that I had, um, it actually has to do with the, the bite-sized episode that I put out last, uh, the, our, our last one on our feed here. Mm-hmm. And it's something you, you touched on, Nate. You talked about um, the sense of satisfaction and accomplishment that we find in, uh, in games 
And in, you said something to the effect, and maybe I could be wrong here, but my, in my recollection, you said something to the effect that that's kind of what makes it more of a game. Not that work isn't, because you, you said that as well, that, that there is that sense of um, satisfaction and accomplishment in work as well. Um, but it sounded as though like the, the games are games because they pull that out as well. My, my question, and I'm just going to throw it out here as I kind of process this myself, is yeah. that um, I have found in my experience, I'll, I'll preface it with that, is that I can kind of set, based on my own goals, I can set the amount of satisfaction and accomplishment that I feel. So for instance, you talked about Bloodborne. Okay, if my goal, if I have two hours in an afternoon to play video games, I sit down with Bloodborne and I say, in the next two hours, I am going to beat this boss. Two hours goes by, I still cannot get past three quarters of this boss's life. I can get frustrated and angry and I feel like I wasted the last two hours. Now, Hmm. rewind and say, my goal here is to get better at fighting this boss. If I don't beat him today, that's okay. I can come back later. And in those two hours, I will have gone from the, you know, most of the times I've beaten a quarter of the boss's life to now I'm up to three quarters. So I feel good. I feel satisfied and accomplished and I can come back and beat the boss later. So that sense of accomplishment and satisfaction was based on my own goal that I set. Obviously the ultimate goal would be to beat all the bosses in the game and and finish it, right? To roll credits. I say, obviously, that might not even be the case. Maybe sometimes your goal is just to hang with the person that you're playing video games with, your son, you know, playing video games together, and then you don't have a goal of actually beating anything. It's just being together. And so your sense of accomplishment comes from that. So I guess my my question is, how does that factor into whether or not this is work or play? Um, Because I feel feel like some of it is subjective in our own goal-making Yeah. So long as you're playing within those bounds. But I mean, isn't satisfaction that's always sort of a subjective? Right. That's always subjective. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the fact that like mechanically, it's like it sets a task before you, you right. accomplish that task. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, that's sort of like the through line right there. Mm-hmm. And I may have said serotonin when I meant dopamine. Um, and just going back to that. <laughs> uh, serotonin is a sleep thing. Dopamine mm-hmm. is uh, the accomplishment hormone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, I and I, I guess the point that I was trying to make is that I, I do think video games, and and we talked about this. It's just like the bar for accomplishment in a video game is a lot lower than I think sometimes in it is than it is in reality, and that's sure. by intention. Yeah. Like that's yep. that it's like. I mean, so, I mean, like, you look at something like Vampire Survivor, where it's just like, there's just like a dopamine sort of this, like, it's just like they open up all the faucets and just dump it into your bloodstream because you're just annihilating thousands of enemies or whatever. But mm-hmm. ultimately, yeah, all, all sort of like satisfaction or achievement is tempered by personal expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's important is like, I don't think the distinction between work and play is along the lines of does it have toil or not? Because I think play still has toil in it. And especially as we are right now. Um, But I think it's 
more egregious. Like toil, toil in play is more egregious because we don't expect it to be there. And it's, I mean, it's not supposed to be unless you're playing a souls like it, but exactly like, like I get way more frustrated at a game than I do when toils in a game than when I do with work, because like this shouldn't be, I shouldn't be toiling here. Mm -hmm. Like I, and again, I shouldn't be toiling technically in anything, but here we are. Um, well, and that's, I think, because, and I think, Mark, is some of what, and maybe you're getting there, and maybe I'm just sort of, but it's because games are primarily sort of sold to us or, you know, sort of like approached as being escapist in orientation. Right. They are, yeah. they're power fantasies, you know, like whether it's in Stardew Valley and you have a perfectly sort of ordered farm and sort yeah. of, you know, perfectly manicured you know whatever and you can work 18 hours a day and sleep six and it's fine and do it all again (laughs) yeah yeah and so i think that's the whereas well reality is grounded in reality you know and it's and 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 the the realities of existence are not always meant they're not meant to be comfortable in the same way that like a video game is is specifically engineered to do that yeah and it's even like I think what's valuable about games and gameplay is that like when it's at its best, like it offers work without toil in a sense. Um, obviously, toil can still be a part of it, but it's it like offering something that's challenging but doable. So like even in a sense, like Dark Souls or Bloodborne is easier than most day jobs. Like in that, it requires less of the whole person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's like there's more required of you as a postal worker than than Bloodborne requires of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, you're talking about physical sure. I, I mean talking about physicality versus like mental sort of like expenditure. Like Yeah. Yeah. But it's even in the sense of like you can fail in dark souls and bloodborne and like nothing happens. Yeah. Like, but if you fail in your job that there's bad consequences to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like video games are also, it's important to remember they're like this zero loss activity where it's the worst thing that can happen is you lose time. Um, and it's like, but again, you also don't really gain anything like not, I, again, not wanting to like dig too deep into like, do the productive thing. Like there's something you gain because that's what we're trying to get at Mm -hmm. is like, there's something that's valuable to it. Uh, but like very few people get paid to play video games. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's not normal. Um, um, I can keep, if you're all good, I can keep running. Uh, and there's plenty of stuff I want to weave in that y'all, y'all have said. Um, and so wanting to think more, about like what makes what draws that distinction um and like i mentioned like i don't think toil necessarily draws that line um and i I think y'all have taught like touched on this my wonder with it is like is the difference between like delayed and immediate gratification like is play more of like the activity of doing it is immediately gratifying versus work being something that's like you're working towards something. And like, 
again, too, we were talking about terms. I use like are made of the same stuff because I don't know what that stuff is. Like, I, is it like action? Is it doing? I like I couldn't think of anything that's really kind of like ties it together. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I think I, I know what you're saying because they're related, but then to to have to define exactly what that, that, that overlap is, is. Yeah. yeah, and then at what point it moves from one to the other, right. I feel is is kind of the difficult part of of figuring that out. Because, um, like you said, there are people who play video games for a living, you know. And at that point, you know, so often, you, yeah. well, you hear about this with a, a number of different things. Is um, people who who move from hobbyists to then that's their job, and then it becomes work to them, right. and it's no longer fun. Um, so, so in something, you know, along those, and I, I I can, uh, relate to that somewhat, um, just in that I've, I've got lots of different hobbies, you know, and it's like when you focus on one for a while, you just burn out on it. Um, so I, I, yeah, anyways, I guess I, I'm just saying that I sympathize with that plight, um, because that, yeah, that's where my brain wants to go is like, okay, if the, like to test this thesis, let's figure out where the, where these lines are and let's draw some hard lines. And it's, I don't know where to draw those lines. <laughs> I don't know either. So that doesn't help. But and, I and agree e- that they're related, yeah. you know? So. Right. Sure. And like, there's even of more of like trying to draw the lines, like is how much of it is the artistic context that makes something fun. Hmm. And so hmm. it's like, again, Nate, with your job, where you have to walk miles, like, is it more fun? Like, you're walking miles, like, around neighborhoods and stuff. Would it be more fun to walk miles in Yosemite National Park? And it's like, if you're walking 10 miles either way, like, what's the better thing to do? It's, it's yeah, it is kind of hard to sort of tack down. Like, to me, it is kind of like the, the, the common thread is is achievement. Yeah. It's like they're they're built around accomplishment. So like work at its best leaves you feeling like you've achieved something, like you've accomplished something, like you've created some sense of order in mm-hmm. in in the world, right? Um whether it's cutting hair or delivering mail or you know a, a whatever, you know. <laughs> like right. like you know I, whatever task, you know, it's, I, I always think of that, um, that Luther quote where it talks about like, you know, the cobbler doesn't glorify God by putting little crosses on, on his shoes. He just makes good shoes. And so, and I think that the, the thing is that video games can simulate that or they can provide a similar sort of experience or simulation of that, um, achievement but yeah it's like there and and even sort of like i i think that is the 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 tie that binds kind of like Mm -hmm. is that you feel like you've accomplished something which um can be nice especially but it it can also be a little dangerous um it's just it is tough to sort of like tack down because i i think so much i think that's because Part of it is like the human experience is built around, a, a, you know, one of the things that I've sort of like mourned is that like modern, modern Western civilization, you know, uh, 
has really abandoned a lot of the, the philosophical roots that um, like asking the big questions, why am I here? Who am I? What does this mean? And it, it sort of just evolved into sort of like chasing your own pleasure kind of thing. And what the, the ends justify the means. But the, the fact is like that the, the human experience is rooted in so much more than that. It has been mm -hmm. for thousands. And, well, and it is regardless of our current sort of philosophical, ideological perspective, but culturally. And, that, and I think that's honestly why, you know, and I'm not trying to be petty here, but that's why so much of our like entertainment and everything feels shallow. Like, mm -hmm. you know, we were talking about One Piece, right? And how it just feels good. It doesn't feel like, like it feels positive, but not empty. It doesn't feel vacuous. But I think that's because there's like there's an undercurrent of something good and true and noble behind it, where so much of like what we're encountering as far as like media goes is just empty. It's vacuous. It's it's this sort of like self righteous nihilistic navel gazing, and there's something about it that we can identify, right? That like it, that you everybody has like an internal like BS meter, right? You know, it's like we we can all everybody to some extent can kind of look at things. I, I believe this, right? That we can all kind of look at things and be like, you know, and that's why, you know, even when we were talking about Paul Rudd in uh, Only Murders in season three, it doesn't feel genuine because like, that's not the kind of like, he doesn't feel like that kind of D-bag. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, he might be a different kind of D-bag, but he, Cobro. Yes. Um, but, it's it's kind of like one of those things where I I I do think like and I I lack voc the 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 necessary vocabulary to create like to really find that term and say like the stuff that we're talking about when we talk about how work and play are made of the same stuff is I think they kind of smack both of like meaning of purpose of accomplishment. Mm -hmm. They they both remind us. I think they they. There's something in that when that when we do things and when we sort of get the little dopamine hit, right? Or the big dopamine hit. Maybe you get like a but it's it's because it reminds us that we were meant for something. Mm -hmm. And yeah. But and, and 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 so I think in some ways it is like you can't help but have this conversation and talk about the meaning of life and the the human experience in sort yeah. of pursuing that. And maybe I'm just sort of blowing smoke up my own rear end. I don't know with this one, but I think that the stuff we're talking about when we're talking about work and play being the same stuff is I think we're kind of rubbing up against like the meaning of life kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to kind of go into like the part two where it's like building off something you had said where uh, about like kind of that accomplishment mindset and purpose in that. Um, before I do that, Josh, did you have any other thoughts you want to add in? Well, just so a couple thoughts as as I try and like you know define and grapple with some of these things was just another look at what you had brought up earlier, uh, sure. Mark, in Genesis three, and just taking a look at these verses of of the curse and in, in how we were yeah. cursed because of sin and what the difference in, you know, does that mean that Adam was playing before? Huh. Well, that, you know, that, that hmm. means a whole other conversation of like, what if no, there was no was meaningful distinguishment do. between work and play prior to the fall? Yeah. Right. Like what if they I mean, were the same thing? Yeah. 
and that the, yeah. the delight that we find in play, he found in work. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think that's at the heart of this, like this, this whole thing is yeah. that play in, in, in its sense reminds us of sort of that Edenic work. Mm-hmm. It, it, it brings us back to like the, the pre fall sort of existence of man with his reality. Yeah. Where it I, was pleasure. And it, right. it, it might have been difficult, but it was it was pleasure. Yeah. Well, we see the distinction and I think I think that's a really prescient point uh, because I think I made that assumption, but you actually saying that, oh yeah, that brings it to light there. Um but just looking, I'm just going to read the the curse here out of Genesis 3 mm-hmm. and 17 through 19. So, um talking about food from the ground cursed is the ground because of you okay so the actual you know plane in which you do your work is cursed because in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life so you're forced to it but it it's out of pain that you will bring forth anything any kind of purpose and meaning in 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 anything of value you have to go yeah. through pain in order to bring those things out thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you so same deal there pain thorns thistles and you shall eat the plants of the field so you'll bring something good out of it but there's pain in it by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread so and that's just that that difficulty that it's no longer all pleasure but but this so this idea of pain and difficulty um continually I, I think is is the big distinction outside of just the ground itself is cursed too so that's a whole other dimension that we don't we don't have to get into um yeah. the, the, so the, I, I think those are the distinctions there as we take a look at these things um so so that was something that came to mind for me the other thing that came to mind and yeah. this is much more so that one was more kind of deep this one's more surface level that i think has some implications um but i think this also i was well, let me just form it in a question, but this is more of a rhetorical question. Is sure. I think this whole conversation, um, is this why talking about something like emotional labor or mental labor is so annoying? <laughs> hmm. um, because, because to me, that just rings true is when someone talks about, <laughs> oh, all the mental labor they had to do in order to, you know, or the emotional labor. Like, yeah, I don't want to necessarily discount all of that, but it's like, yeah, that's just life, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and, yeah. and those kinds of conversations get under my skin when people complain about all the extra labor they had to do, emotional and mental. And it's like, well, yeah, that comes with sure. it. That's, it's yeah. part of what we do. Um, so, yeah. Even you, like, talking through Genesis 3 again, of like, like, it explicitly talks about work. It does also feel like, oh, it kind of just applies to all of life. Like, mm-hmm. like of course, it applies to all of life, but like, play too of kind of Mm -hmm. even the theory that play offers a like a taste of redeemed work like again play has toil as well and that's like every bit of life has toil um yeah yeah i'm gonna quote the 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 princess bride here and say (laughs) life is pain (laughs) princess now i i think what's what's sort of interesting here and i i don't want to like hit on this too too hard but like where Genesis 3 tells us that all of life will be touched by pain. Like all of our existence will be touched by pain. It mm-hmm. does not tell us that we need to like seek pain out. It doesn't say like, sure. oh, hey, yeah. things are going to suck. They're going to yeah. hurt. Just throw your face against the meat grinder. It does not make pain a virtue, but rather it makes pain a necessary consequence of the fall. Yeah. Pain is not something to be sought out. 
it were, like because I think like it's very easy, and a lot of there's there's certain heresies that like teach pain as a good thing, and mm-hmm. pain good can come from pain, mm-hmm. but pain in and of itself is not good, mm-hmm. and we need to thoroughly like rebuff that, you know, like yeah. like press into it, you know, embrace the pain. In so much as like embracing the pain and sort of walking, you know, through it is proper, but like looking for pain is wicked. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's like suffering is not supposed to be here. Yeah. And like, and that's what we're looking forward to is like life without suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's why it's a curse. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So I I just wanted to sort of bring that up because I, I think. In some ways, and and I I think that sometimes there are certain branches of modern evangelicalism that almost sort of like it's very easy I think to glory and sort of just like you know we need to be almost like chasing down pain you know Mm -hmm. and they they would never say it that way and I don't want to like create straw man or anything like that but I, I think there is a way it's like no pain is something to be avoided. Yeah. Like it is, is not, so, or maybe not even avoided, but pain is sort of, it's a necessary evil of this life. All right. It's, we don't go out looking for it. Just like you don't go out looking for a fight so that you can get punched in the nose kind of thing. Um, <laughs> that, that would indicate there, there's something wrong, but we also like, I think the, the answer is like, we, we press into it. We, we understand that it serves a greater purpose mm-hmm. and that, um, yeah, I just think th- there's something in that that I think it's it it can very easily sort of like wander into like pain is virtue and pain is not virtue, pain yeah. is is wicked. Yeah, and it like, is good to alleviate others' pain as yeah. well, right? Yeah. The entirety <laughs> of my office as a deacon is to seek to mitigate yeah. the pain caused by the fall. Yeah, within the church. Like that is maybe not the entirety, but the bulk of my office yeah, sure. yeah. of my calling people's is needs, yeah. to combat pain, physical, yeah. like specifically the physical pain of, of the church of God. Mm-hmm. Like I, and the, 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 the physical consequences of sin in this right. world, yeah. like that is like, and so like, I just like, for me, it's like, Yeah. I, I just it, it it popped up into my head, and I'm not sure how much I had to bear on on the conversation, but I was like, I was like, we need, I I need to hit this for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all good stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if I could, I'll I'll move us into the part yeah. two, and yeah. kind of going back to what you were mentioning about kind of like accomplishment, and that's this is what I've been thinking about more lately, of like where does this like feeling of accomplishment, this kind of craving for accomplishment fit into my life in a way. Mm. So like I am very task oriented and like, and video yeah. games really tap into that for me yeah. um, as I'm sure it does for many people. Um, and that's like why I find them addictive. Uh, and like Josh, you and I talked about that uh, on, on my podcast a few mm-hmm. episodes back. Um, and it's like that sense of accomplishment and that feeling of getting stuff done. Like, yep. I love checking off lists um, I also like you have the backlog beat down meta. I 
don't actually participate participate in it because I think it might be bad for me. Yeah. Um, like I think I would get too much into the accomplishment of beating games and checking off the list rather than actually enjoying the games. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, and like even of this year of people talking about like, there's too much to play. Like that kind of, in a sense means there's too much to do and there's too much work in (laughs) all these games coming out. Um, and like, I'm not like Nate, you have said that I'm not like poking fun at you for that. Um, but like, that's, I think there's a way that like, maybe that's, there's part of that, like there's maybe not good. And so, um, like in a distorted way, I like really derive my worth and I seek a lot of validation from what I can get done. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've been affirmed, been affirmed for that a lot. Like I'm good at my job and people tell me I'm good at my job and that feels great. Um, Mm -hmm. and thinking back on like, my episode on is video games are video games of guilty pleasure. Um, it's like my life can look healthy in a, like a priority prioritization. Oh, I can't say the word prioritization sense. Um, but I'm like solely in that achievement mentality. So it's like at its worst, I get things done at work so I can go home and get things done at home so I can get things done in a video game. And like, I'm not actually enjoying any of it. And all the people along the way of that, of like my wife, my son, the people I work with, my friends, um, God himself are like, they're all just obstacles or the tools and the things that I need to get done. And like the people become part of the task when I am too deep into this accomplishment mindset. Yeah. Um, and in the same sense, I think that both work and play are heightened when like they're more people focused. And so tr- I'm like, um, at my church, we've been going through this kind of Bible study and like this idea that are we focused too much on doing stuff for God versus being with God? And that mm. was like very simple and deeply convicting to me at the time and still is uh, of like <laughs> my be like so often my being with God is part of the to-do list for my day. And it's like, hang out with God, pray a bit, like check move on to the next thing so I can get to back to playing a sea of stars. Um, and a lot of it too is like the doing stuff. Part of it has been a big part in like my own journey and how I experienced the gospel um, for a while, like up until like five years ago, I was working from the, the assumption and like not cognitively, but in my heart, I was doing this where like, I can't do anything to save myself. Like Jesus had to save me. But now that Jesus saved me, like I now have the tools to make myself worthy of the God, like of grace, Mm. Mm. which is very destructive and like still impossible. Um, (laughs) And so like a deeper sense of the gospel was kind of revealed to me in, in like recognizing like God loves me for who I am as I am now. And like he is, working in me and there's a response to that. And like, there's like, there's doing stuff is involved with that. But I think there's, I've just been more convicted of like, I think in a lot of this, I just want to be rather than do like even a sense of playing video games. Like so often I play video games to beat them, not to actually play them. And Mm. I do the same thing to God where like, I just want to check off like, 
mm. being with God rather than actually being with him. Well, I think the first thing I want to sort of offer up and, and I'll, is that I don't think you're alone in that in any capacity, Mark. I think oh, sure. all of us. And yeah. I think like, dude, like the thing is like a lot of times, like, because at, at the core of it, we were all meant to do things. We were meant yeah. to do things. Like we were meant to do work. We were meant to accomplish things. We were meant to build. We were meant to foster. We were meant to whatever. We were meant to live for so much more. We, we, we lost we, ourselves. Well, I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> apparently you were. Um, but we were made to accomplish things. We were made to work, um, to steward creation. And so that's ingrained in the, the very DNA of humanity. And so like, I think though, like the, the fact is like, because of human experience, it is, and because like accomplishment is a very convenient metric. You know, you sort of asked me where the, 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 the the tie in for your episode with Parker was, it was like, it was like, we like, it was the, the examination of metrics. Uh, the, the hmm. conversation is like because we want data to support like our position you know it's like this company is good and i associate with them because they're good because they have this kind of output and i can and i thought there's something in there that i'm still kind of like chewing on and, and working hmm. on a little bit but i think like one of the things is like the reason performance is such a a a a a trap for believers is because it offers a really convenient like metric. So like, I know that I am being obedient because I do X, Y, and Z. I know that I am living faithfully because I do X, Y, and Z. I know that like I am mature, but like the, 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 the fact of the matter is, and it's not to say that we shouldn't be doing things, but when you look at the, 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 the story or the example given to us, I think, in the Gospels is Martha's in the kitchen making sure everybody's fed. Mary's hanging out with Jesus, yeah. sitting at his feet. Martha comes out and says, Lord, tell my dumb sister to get off her butt and give me a hand. And she probably didn't say that. But <laughs> I'm, 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 it's a little sort of like, you know, hopefully sanctified imagination. But tell my sister, like, get up off her lazy yeah. butt and give me a hand here. And yeah. Jesus looks at Martha and says, Mary's chosen the better thing. Right. You, you know, when, when you were talking about this, like, like, uh, like today for a little bit, I was playing Diablo four. my parents were over and they were, my mom and my wife were in the kitchen. They were sort of talking. My dad was doing some reading and Byron was plopped on my lap and I was playing Diablo four and he was watching it. He's just watching the colors <laughs> sort of like flash on the screen and he didn't care. Um, but then there was also a moment where I was just sitting there with my son watching him crawl around and play and not really doing anything yeah. like, and both of those, I was being with him. Like you know, and one of those, I was a little more actively present than, but it's, right. I think we forget like the physicality of just being present and like the necessity of just being present. And that's because it's hard because it's not a checkbox. Yeah. Right. So the, there's, yeah. it's, it's not something where it's like, I've spent 15 minutes with this person. Like I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll sort of like throw myself under the bus here. Like, um, Megan and I have been trying to carve out and it was mostly her idea, but like carve out like a couple hours for just the two of us prior to the adoption. Like 
And like tonight we were going to try and squeeze that in, but like he was, he stayed up a little too late. By the time she rolled downstairs, it was like, I was like, I got to go. So tomorrow night before the adoption, like after everybody's gone home uh, or gone back to their hotel rooms or whatever, we're going to hopefully sit out on the back porch and just spend some time smoking cigars (laughs) and enjoying each other's company. Because what I'm saying, like, so you're not alone in it because sure, th- yeah. being present is difficult. Yeah. It's, it's like, like not productive and that drives me nuts. Dude. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, the, the other sort of side of that is just like, I turn off my brain to all of that. I'm like, I don't care what I get done anymore. Like, but whatever. It's just, it's <laughs> sure, all chaos. Right. It's all yeah, yeah. chaos. Um, but the, it's like, I go and I work so I can, do this thing with my family so that I can do this so that I can get into video games so that I can do this. Like, and it's like, it becomes this chain of like, just like where it's just about ticking off the boxes and yeah. ticking off boxes is, is satisfying. But like at the end of it, it's like, I think the, the hard part is just cultivating the, the practice of, of just enjoying things of yeah. just being. And that's actually going full circle, sort of like going back. If that had sort of been Ian's sort of closing thought, it was that like they're they're actually sort of attacking the beauty of this game by making it about objectives. Right. He'd be on to like, something. There like for his conclusion, like therefore it cannot be enjoyed. Uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm saying no, it can. Right. But like when the objective becomes the thing. Like when it's like, I need to tick off this box. Like that's any, anyways, it's so Josh, yeah. hopefully I didn't, you know, step on your feet too much here, friend, but I just, no, 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 you're fine. And actually, yeah, the story of, of Mary and Martha came to mind for me as yeah. well. Um, yeah, yeah. cause it's such a stark contrast. And frankly, that story frustrates me too. Um, <laughs> cause I'm like, what? But stuff needs to get done. I think um, it frustrates everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it, Jesus, you frustrate me because you're so right. And I don't <laughs> get it all the time. Um, it, the other thing in this, well, I'll just say first, Mark, thank you for being so uh, just, just, thank you for sharing. No, but thank you for like yeah. being vulnerable in and like just saying, hey, this is something that I've had to struggle through as sure. well. Um, yeah, and I'll you. share some thoughts that I've had as well. And I, I don't want to like, I don't want to go too dark, but this is kind of just where I'm going to go for just a second here sure. is that I know I've, I've struggled with some of the same things of, of just wanting to be, wanting to be productive and having some thoughts at times. So I, I specifically remember just being struck by a few, um, you know, what are they called? Thought experiments, I suppose. Yeah. Of like, you know, what if, what if, you know, I'm in a car accident and I'm a paraplegic like that would be really hard. Like not just, Oh, my life would get so hard, but like I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff that I do now. Okay. What if, you know, like later on in life, what if I'm one of those old people, you know, in a home or whatever, where other people have to take care of me and I can hardly take care of myself. And like I said, gets a little dark. I'm like, I don't think I'd want to live. If I had to like entirely rely on other people in, in that like sense of, of, you know, doing things is completely taken away from me. Like it would be hard, like really putting myself in that place. It's just like, 
you know, I, I, I don't, again, yeah. it's, it's dark, but it's just like, oh, that scares me for a second. Like, am I really, sure. is my yeah. identity as a person, you know, before God, really that dependent on my ability to do things? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, just uncovered a little part of myself that I'm not comfortable with. You know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so, so I totally, th- th- all that to say is that I, I, um, I've, I've thought some of the, I've struggled with some of the same things, um, and, and to some extent still do, um, you know, of like having to rely. And I know that's not everyone. Uh, sure. I, I, I totally get other people, you know, have their own set of struggles, but I know for me, like if I don't feel productive, I feel like a waste of space sometimes, you know? Sure. (laughs) And so, and so it's kind of grappling with that tension in there as well. Um, which I guess maybe is why I kind of turned to that. Okay. Well, maybe it's my goals, you know, in doing these certain things. That's the problem is like maybe it's just my outlook. Mm -hmm. And, and to your point earlier, Nate is like when you make the checkbox the thing. Right. That's what you're trying to do. If I'm just trying to be productive and that therefore gives me, uh, my, my identity is found in being able to check boxes and being able to do things and being able to do things well, um, rather than here's the radical thing. And the thing that I have to kind of let go of rather than accepting where God has, has placed me in my life in this season, uh, for right now. And, and refocusing not on the things that I want to get accomplished or, or my own, um, sense of, of this is how much I should be doing right now, but this acceptance of if God is sovereign and he has me here in this, in this, um, you know, season of life right now, then what ought I be doing? Cause of course we're always yeah. going to be doing something. Um, but that, that takes a profound reliance on God <laughs> to give yes. me yeah, yeah. to provide that purpose. And and sometimes, you know, sometimes that's easy because you've been at your job for a long time and you know exactly what needs to be done. Great. Awesome. Yeah. But other times of life, it's very difficult to discern those things or frustrating because you don't know what those things are um, or they're not what you want them to be right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think, it, this kind of reminds me of a conversation because this is something I, I personally, to sort of talk about my struggle is, unlike you, Mark, I don't hear often that I do, that I'm doing good at my job. Hmm. A lot of, and it's not to say, like, I think things have really shifted there. Um, there, there was a time where I was actively often hearing about how I sucked Mm. at my job, which was pretty tough because like there was a part of me that knew like I was like, no, I'm not that bad, (laughs) you know? Um, and it's, I don't need the cookie all the time, but I remember talking to Jared and just even some of my frustrations is that I, I really wrestle with the need to feel affirmed and to feel like what I'm doing matters and so much of I think yeah. what a really a servant's heart, um, like a a a servant in so many ways is just like one of the things that's kind of dangerous about being a servant is that so much of your work just goes unnoticed, and it can be mm-hmm. kind of difficult for people who I don't I don't need it all the time, 
but I, I need to know that I am wanted and needed occasionally. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and that, and that I'm appreciated, yeah. I, you know, every, and everybody needs that. Right. Um, but Jared and I were talking about it one time and he said, you know, and I just said like, I'm, I'm tired of just feeling invisible, not seen, not appreciated. Like just kind of like, I just always just kind of feel like I'm kind of catching boots. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, he, and there were there was a lot of conversation around that, but one of the things he said is that you you know, and there's so much of, and even sort of talking what you you talked about, Josh, is that um, doing what God sort of puts in front of us. But there's there's that passage um, that I I think what needs to be sort of at the heart of every believer's sort of pursuit really kind of we need to be aiming ourselves and, you know I'm, tra- I'm i'm trying to think how i want to say this we need to be aiming ourselves towards when, when we do things like josh you said like what ought i to be doing like the, the what what do i need to be doing in this moment but like you know, sort of like almost the prayer needs or the, the, the thought needs to be like, Lord, let whatever I am doing now be enough so that, or, or, or not even enough, be, find, like, find pleasure in what I'm doing now in the sense that, like, I will be, I want to be able to stand before you, Father, and hear the words, my good and faithful servant, well done. Yeah. And like, ultimately, in a sense, we will all hear that to some extent, mm-hmm. um, because all of our labor in Christ, you know, like you know, all 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 of our labor in Christ, it is found to be good. You, you know, um, or maybe maybe that's not the right way of putting it, but in Christ, each and every one of us will is looked upon with pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think about somebody, somebody like Joni Erickson Tata, Josh. You know, you're talking about like, what if I was yeah. paralyzed, or what yeah. if I needed some? And but you know what, man? Like that sister, from what I understand, is just such a source of encouragement yeah. and joy to mm-hmm. anybody she talks to. Right. And it kind of goes back to like I was told once that I had the spiritual gift of uh, encouragement. At, at which point in time I was like, that, that gift sucks. I want a better one, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but Where's the receipt. Yeah. Like, can I, can I trace this for it. something cooler? Um, but I, I think about Barnabas, yeah. um, and yeah. what Paul wrote about Barnabas Yeah, and just, um, like the thing is like, we, we need those people who can sort of be wind in sails. Like, you know, who can be a little bit of salt and light, who can drop the proper word to like em- empower and embolden and lift up. And that's not any less work. In some ways, that might be more work than I think some people give it credit. Like, but mm-hmm. anyways, I'm just kind of like, I'm I'm rambling at that point in time. I was just wanting to say like, I think like even there, like, you know, if like, God forbid that any anybody be puts in that position, 
But I also, I think about that passage too, where, you know, it's similar to what um, Jesus, I think, told the, the, the disciples is that when you go before the authorities, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you and he's going to give you the words that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I hate that phrase, you know, the, the Lord's not, like, I've always hated that, you know, God's not going to give you something, you know, unless you can handle it. Malarkey, bullpuck. Like, that's garbage. That's dog water. Get rid of it. Like, God is going to bring you to lots of things that you can't handle because you need to know that all that matters is him. Like, you know, Paul Paul writes about that pretty prolifically, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you will be brought to circumstances and that the Lord is faithful to equip you and empower you for those circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, I know this is like a really weird, like, side tangent, and it was not sort of where— we were going. Well, that's maybe okay. Maybe it was. I don't know. And and I think actually one one kind of almost like point of application uh, that I'm seeing here through our original the, the original thesis of work and play being of the same stuff is to be careful if we want to play well um, and we want to use video games well is to be careful because depending on which side of this you're on, I can see easily from the side of hey, I want to check a bunch of boxes of getting that sense of identity. Hey, I am doing things. I am getting things done when I play video games. So that's why I play them because I feel productive. I feel like I'm doing it. I feel, you know, like, and I'm not saying that none of that should be present, but I'm saying if you are running to video games to feel that, um, the, the, the danger is, is, you know, that's where the addiction can be. The danger is that that's where you find your identity. On the flip side, I can easily see that if you are feeling, if you're not feeling accomplished in the work that you're given to do, I can see why you would run to video games to escape that, to escape yeah. the, you know, yeah. just to get away from like, well, nothing in my life feels as though I'm actually progressing, not be, not out of a sense of like, I need progression, but out of it, like life is just beating me down. I just want to get away. Um, I just want to win. Yeah. 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 I yeah. want, I want a W. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think if you're running to, if you, basically, if you're running to play to get what should be coming from work to a certain extent, um, but not even no. Actually, I, t- I take that back because th- that identity piece should not be found in your work. Mm-hmm. Um, th- maybe to a certain extent, but not not fully. Yeah. Uh, that should be found in Christ. Um, yeah. So, like, and with the original thesis, like, what I hope is a takeaway is that it dignifies play. Yeah. Yeah. Of like of it off if it at its best if it can offer like a taste of what redeemed work will be like and what life will be like mm. in the new heavens and new earth. Mm-hmm. Like that is incredibly valuable. Um, mm-hmm. and a worthy of pursuit. And again, all things in moderation, like all things in yeah. their proper place and both work and play need to be in the context of Christ's work to have like actual meaning and impact. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, no. And I think that's, that's the, the other part of it though, is if they are sort of, part of the same stuff and if play does i i think play does a lot of things sort of like that we don't often think of like play gives us passive problem solving uh, skills and Mm -hmm. sort of not even like a lot of times like you know we've i i've probably mentioned this like 
I don't know, countless, but several times is a lot of times when you step away from a problem, give it some time and you come back to it, your brain does a lot of work sort of underneath the hood and you're like, you come back to it and it's like, oh, oh, you're like, oh, now, now I get it. And so play can be a way to meaningfully help us explore things or just even sort of like process things that we didn't know that needed to be processed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think just there, there is a lot. It's, I think the fact that, yeah, it's just in the sense that it does give us sort of a, maybe a taste of like that sort of that redeemed, that pre-fall sort of like joy is, is good. And 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 I think the the fact of the matter is like the the fact that it's like three losers like us having this conversation <laughs> and not like you know hey, speak people. For yourself. Hey, no, okay, I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just you two and this loser. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I'm sorry, I I deflect towards humor. Um, so um, I, I appreciate. Yeah, like I have no credentials. Like <laughs> yeah, I. I Stabbed at the dark. Yeah, no, but I, I think this is like, the, and I mean, even sort of like this podcast and some of the other stuff that I want to do, like this is like the, the meat of it because there's a conversation yeah. here that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think that there is so much here, you know, that mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I think we could go on for probably a few more hours and like pull yeah. like, go down rabbit holes and pull this stuff. And we wouldn't even be close to really even scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. I think this is like a jumping off point. Um, I think this conversation, even as sort of like robust as it has been so far, is a bit of a jumping off point because there's more here to yeah. like wrestle with and, and wrestle through and think through. And I mean, I think, you know, when we're talking about like the, the takeaways is that, you know, John Piper, you know, he said that had the whole don't waste your life thing. Right. right. And it was like, don't waste your life collecting seashells or whatever. And th- mm-hmm. there's something to be said about that. Like, you know, not to engage with like pointless sort of activities and sort of have a wartime, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to completely debuff or, you know, debunk or attack that uh, i do think you know i've i've made no bones about the fact that i think there's some problems with some of that ideology that need to be addressed mm-hmm. but one of the things that even play and, and not even play in video games but play in general you know you 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 posed a question mark about like walking versus like yosemite national park versus my route yeah and is there a difference is would it be better to do the one versus the other maybe but I think there's sort of like, you know, and it's like we talked about, like my best days at work feel like play. Um, mm-hmm. And because it's just like, it feels like, you know, so you just, they almost sort of like the effortless, the effortless effort of it. Um, where it's yeah. like, yeah, there's, I'm, I'm doing things. I'm sort of ticking the boxes, but it's like, I'm just kind of like out there like crushing it. And there's a joy and a glory in that, that I think, you know, can't be diminished. And, and I think like play helps us sort of just, I, I, I think play there, there's something about that. Like part of it is like, I mean, I'm just enjoying the freaking day. 
<laughs> like I'm enjoying being out in creation. I'm enjoying yeah. the beautiful weather. I'm enjoying the clouds and the sky and the colors and the glory of creation. And I think play when done well can help us appreciate beauty. Yeah. And this is like, I'm coming to this very, very late in this conversation. Right. And I'm, but like, one of the things is like, we, we've talked a lot about like the, 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 the orientation of man, the direction of man, the purpose of man. And at his heart, what, what really is the purpose of man to enjoy God, to know God and enjoy him forever. Mm -hmm. And you tell me what is more beautiful than God. And if play helps orient my heart towards appreciating beauty, and I'm not saying that work can't do the same thing, then by all means, I need, to, it is imperative for me to learn how to play well. Because if that is sort of one of the things that play does, is it orients me towards beauty, it orients me towards pleasure, it orients me towards joy, and it can. It can. I'm not saying it does all the time, but if that is one of the things that it does, then I need to learn how to, to engage in the discipline of playing well so that I can more fully appreciate beauty. But it's just sort of a weird rabbit trail tangent that I went down right at the end of all of this. No, I mean, I think today was the day. Nate talked pretty. <laughs> I, I have my moments <laughs> I sort of black out and I'm like I, I don't know what I just said um, go to the white room yeah. <laughs> yeah only only it's not a train fire and I'm not saying horrible <laughs> no but I, I I think that's it like I think like if somebody said like why why should I learn to play well because mm -hmm. if play serves the purpose of orienting me towards beauty orienting me towards pleasure and in in its most redeemed and perfect sense mm -hmm. that will be the orientation of of that will be my posture in eternity and so i need to like spend some time ultimately you need to do that in prayer and in time with the lord but we need to learn how to do that so anyways nice yeah did I sound like nice. a crazy person? That was great. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This was incredibly helpful for me as I kind of like still wrestle through the idea and I hope it was helpful for y'all. And also uh, going back a bit, thank you for both sharing your kind of your experiences and your vulnerability as well. I think that's really, that is not an insignificant thing to, to do on your podcast. So, mm. and with me, I'm really thankful that y'all shared that with me too. Yeah, well, and everyone else who's definitely not listening, but <laughs> it's just us here. Is it, well, I mean, in the moment, it's just us, um, yes. yeah. for sure. But well, yeah, and I and I just I appreciate you even bringing this topic up, you know, yeah. from from a while ago, and then allowing us to kind of kick it around here in long form. And like Nate said, I think there's still so much more. I, I feel like we could give it, you know, a few months and then do another episode on the same thing and come up with some more stuff you know like i feel like i need to sit back and, and maybe chew maybe on this for a we while. will and, and, and i'm i'm, I'm saying loved, like yeah 
maybe here in like three, maybe four this is a series. Like we'll just you know. say, "Hey, Mark, it's t- you ready? Like we're gonna drag <laughs> this thing out and we we'll just <laughs> like, draft it again." Yeah, um, yeah. But, but we do appreciate the time that you've taken to be with us here this evening morning. Yeah, thank you <laughs> for let me come to your podcast and share about it. Yeah, man. No, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well. Let's, uh, with that being said, you're right. It is getting late. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have some, some final forms that need to be observed before the end of the show. Um, this wasn't even our final form. Oh, no. This <laughs> was not. No, we, we still have three more stages and our health bars get refreshed. Oh, my gosh. Um, womp, womp, womp. I see that's what you're missing out because you don't play turn based RPGs. Is those just- <laughs> I understood the reference. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because wasn't that like Frieza? I don't know. I, maybe not. Maybe I mean it's it's pretty was. much it's a it's a common trope across the board. Um so Josh, it is our last episode of the month. And mm. uh during our last episode of the month, we usually have um well a question. That we like to ask, and I actually have one. Oh, great! Sort of popped up, and the the goal is to sort of like this is not spend an hour and a half sort of like digesting this one, <laughs> but rather um, we're going to try to just answer this this question. We're we're going to actually try and practice being good at brevity for a minute mm, here because we are typically very bad at being good at brevity. Um, so, so, Nate, what is your quest? Shun. Thank you for the tee off here. What is um, it? And I'm just going to go with uh, Isaac, aka the Sojourner, sort of posted this in the What is Your Question or the What is Your Question uh, <laughs> channel here in our Discord. And he said, Since Spooktober is coming up, I have a question that kind of relates to that. Um, what do you think of games that include items like pentagrams, tarot cards, occultic things as items? Uh, he talked about how he's been playing through vampire survivor and mm-hmm. that there's a pentagram island or I not island, but item. And he knows that it's just a game and he, he, but he still has chosen not to use it and not just because of the imagery, but also because it eliminates all the enemies on the screen and you don't get any of the, the, the fun trinkety <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. And it's kind of annoying. He he also mentioned that he used to play Binding of Isaac uh, before he was a mm-hmm. Christian, and that um, there was a lot of occultic themes and imagery in there, like tower tarot cards as power ups, etc. Yeah. Um, and when he went back to the game, it made him feel pretty uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually like he's he's not going to go back. So his question is: uh, How should we as Christians deal with games that include these crazy occultic items? Maybe it's the level of realism and depth added to these items that bothers me in Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just something that he's been thinking about. Um, so first off, Isaac, uh, when you hear this episode, when you listen to this, get a hold of us so that we can get you your five dollars. Um, but the other side is I'm just gonna say, like, uh, and it, it has been handled a little bit in that that channel. Um I think there's something there that's notable. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bind anybody's conscience, but I think that since it's it's not simply a data in data out kind of thing. It's not like oh you're going to feed your brain with a whole bunch of garbage. You're going to get a whole bunch of garbage out. That's not how real life works. But especially if you're sensitive to that stuff, avoid it because yeah. it's not helpful. Um, yeah. So that's the short version. Is if it's not helpful, like avoid it. Uh, if it doesn't bother you, if it doesn't offend you, there's still some questions that I think ought to be asked. 
but that's that's my my short answer. Um, Josh, Mark, yeah. what do you guys? Mark, do you have anything? Um, I'll say briefly. Like, I mean, I can't answer for any of you, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. like, like again, it's kind of to each of their own. Like, do what you like. Assuming that Holy Spirit is working in you to convict mm-hmm. you of where you need to be convicted, like go with that. Um, I one piece of advice I could give is like if you do feel like a little bit of a conscious prick in there, mm-hmm. like maybe follow that. Yeah, like it's there's plenty of other stuff to to watch and play. Like I don't, you're probably not ultimately losing a lot by not playing or using mm. or watching these things. Um, mm. Yeah. So, so kind of my take on it, there, there's a few things here. Um, one, as has said, been has, has been said before uh, conscience first and foremost, if you're feeling convicted, then um, you know, yeah, highly recommend stop and then just kind of work through that a little bit, um, you know, and, and possibly don't return because it's not worth it. Um, so conscience first. Um, the second thing I'd say, you specifically mentioned the binding of Isaac. Um, I don't play that game either. I played a little bit of it when I was younger. Um, but that game in particular, I think is mocking a lot of Christianity. Um, even in, with the title, the binding of Isaac is, is the, the traditionally like that's what with, uh, Jacob, the, the, that's, that's what that story is called the binding or excuse me, not, not Jacob. Isaac. With Abraham um, oh. taking Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice him, um, and that that story was called the Binding of Isaac. So, so even the the name of the game is a biblical reference, but um, a lot of that game is mocking Christianity. Um, and so, I did I didn't go very deep into it, but even just from the story, it's like uh, this just doesn't feel right. So, I would agree with you that that game in general just doesn't feel right. So, I don't play that game um, for that reason. That said, so just these symbols in general. Okay, so um, I, there is not a spectrum, but um, when you start looking into some of these things, um, it's easy to be dismissive, I will say, and just be like, oh, it's all, it's all games. Um, it's no big deal. We're not using them properly and kind of get into, or, you know, God is the only true God you know, so why none of this stuff really matters because all this, you know, all this is just fake and whatever. Um, it's serving, you know, no matter, you know, if you're not serving God, then you're, then you're serving, you know, your own pride, selfishness, you're basically serving Satan anyway. So it doesn't really matter. You know, it's either God or anything else. And so, so all these neutral things are just not a big deal. Um, and, and you can fall into that, but at the same time, there is something to be said about messing around with, uh, with spiritual things that we don't understand. Uh, the Bible expressly forbids that when that is expressly what it is. Um, you know, you see that in, in what is it? First Samuel, I think when Saul goes to the witch of Endor or is that second Samuel anyways? Um, and, and she's messing around with spiritual stuff and conjures up, you know, she's like, Oh no, I actually like conjured up. Who was it at that, at that point? I can't, was, I can't remember. It, it was, it was Samuel. It I was thought. it was Samuel. Yes, you're yes. right. It was Samuel who came instead of the demon that she normally like speaks to. So there are ways in which we, not that the Bible, you know, kind of lays out how, but there are ways in which we can um, mess with these things with spiritual entities 
in ways that is forbidden for us as Christians. And so that said, I feel like those are kind of the parameters in that we want to take seriously that we're not bumping up against that. On the other hand, we also recognize that, um, that sometimes these things are just, uh, references and not actually being used for, for actually, you know, trying to, trying to do these things. So, you know, you can feel the same thing about Ouija boards. Some people say, oh, you're actually contacting dead spirits. And other people are saying, no, this is just a stupid game that uh, people just mess with each other with. Okay. Yep. I, I, I want to attribute it to Joe Thorne who was a, a practicing occultist. Okay. Um, before he got saved. And I think he has said like, yeah, uh, Christians should not mess with Ouija boards. Okay. Okay. Like. Gotcha. So, but it's, yeah, I think there's, yeah, I, I, I could be, I could be misattributing that or misremembering that or whatever, but I'm pretty sure I've heard him say mm-hmm. at some point in time, like, yeah, Christians stay away from Ouija mm-hmm. boards. They yeah. are not something that we need to be thinking around with. Sure. Sure. So all that to say is that I, I, so in the case of something like vampire survivors where yes, these symbols are being used that are traditionally associated with occultic practices. Um, it, yeah, if it pricks your conscience, that's, that's a whole other thing. Just don't, just don't go there. Um, I don't see that being how it's used in those games or in, in that game in particular. And so that doesn't strike me as something like I'm not convicted at all. Um, Again, if you are cool, uh, then then be sure and, and mind your conscience. But what was that? I mean, he did say it was annoying, so that yeah. might just be <laughs> enough of a reason right. to not right. use it's it. A bad tactic, mm-hmm. just in, in both like general and in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just avoid pentagrams, and yeah. you'll be you'll yeah. be fine. You'll be good. Yeah. Um. So. <clears throat> so yeah. So Isaac, like I said before, uh, get a hold of us. We'll get you your five bucks, man. Oh. Um, just so next form, sort of trying to just kind of move along here because I can see I feel tired, <laughs> and I can see I think Mark looks like a little bedraggled. Um, <laughs> so there's also uh, the time bomb of our baby waking up. Yeah. So, so. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, buddy. Uh, Byron is sleeping <laughs> through the night <laughs> for the most that. part now. So we uh, yeah, nice. Um, nice. but, uh, I, I wanted to give a quick shout out and I know that I've been sort of doing some of that on, on the, the, the social media stuff, but, uh, from time to time, someone will say something in our, our discord or in our community that I really like. And th- this guy is sort of a, a returning favorite. Um, but it's, it's our buddy, Jono, uh, the redeemed Ronin, uh, today nice. and onwards and upwards, uh, he, he just posted something there that I think is a little sort of like on point, but he said, as a quick thought, if you ever feel like you have to play a game, I recommend slowing down because you might be veering off into idolatry. Not to say that you are, but consider it a warning that you might be drifting out of your lane. Beware when recreations turn into necessities or obligations in our hearts. It just reminds me of the, the checkbox sort of mentality that we were yeah. talking about. Like when you get to the point where you have to, but it was a good word from John. And I just wanted to say like, John, well done, friend. We hear you. We see you. Um, and I appreciate you. So that, that's awesome. my shout out. How about you, Josh? Got anything? Thank you. Um, do I have any shout outs? I'm not prepared. 
uh, to uh, shout anything out. So I'll shout out Wes for recommending One Piece on the last episode because I would not have watched it had it not been for that, and I'm really digging it. You know, and it's it's not the official episode shout out, but I, I do want to shout out Mark for just like pitching the and we yeah, already man. sort of gave him his roses. But dude, um, love your work over at eleven and a half. Um, mm-hmm. Just we're glad Thank that you, you carved out some time to hang out with us and, and chew this one up with us. So. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. So, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you and talk about this more? Yes, um, I'm on Twitter slash X slash whatever Elon wants to call it <laughs> at eleven point five minutes. Point is spelled out. Instagram mm-hmm. is eleven point five minutes with a dot. Um, or you can email me. I'm trying to think if I can think of what it is. Uh, I think it's. I want to say it is one one point five minutes pod at gmail.com and if it's not that then it'll go somewhere i'm sorry uh yeah would love to talk more about it Uh, i'm also i'm in the backlog breakdown discord so you can always Mm -hmm. dm me or at me or yeah um i try to stay uh somewhat active but i haven't been doing that well lately and out of like the really weird channels Yeah, those are those are there. And if you want to reach out to us, tons of ways to do that. One, like we just mentioned, we've got our Discord and we're kind of in and out of there. I know I, I tend to be some absent absent more so than Nate, but uh, you know, I dip in every once in a while and try and reply to some stuff as well. So uh, that's a great place to reach out to us on Elon's platform. Our handle is <laughs> at bbdowncast. You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. And then we also have a group on Facebook, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. And yeah. if you want to get a little bit more personal on the internet, I generally go by Broccolope and Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. There you go. But we have... Uh, we've we've chewed this one up pretty good. This mm. is going to be a bit of a beefy Delicious. boy here, ladies and gentlemen. Thick boy. Um, yeah. Three thick, a thick boy, yeah. Um, but that being said, again, Mark, thanks so much for your time tonight, man. And uh, yeah, thank you, Josh. We've done the things. What should they do until next time, guys? Keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Sure.